Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. But you say he's just a friend. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Very interesting that there has been dissension inside the DA's office and now the news that they were told to stay home today and not come into the grand jury. It's a strong signal to Prag uh, that he has really gone down the wrong course here. You know, the old expression that a prosecutor can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich, uh, it's not without its support. Hundreds of advocates crowded the state capitol, urging lawmakers not to give in to Governor Hochul's push to make further changes to the state's bail laws. Reforms made over the last few years were meant to correct inequalities in the criminal justice system. Hochul wants to remove a standard judges use when deciding to set bail, especially for more serious crimes and repeat offenses. This is not just my view, though. This is the view of New Yorkers. So when I go into conversations, people understand I, resent, I represent the majority view of the people of the state. This is a time for celebrating extraordinary women who have made their mark in history, strengthen our nation. And like Jill, the first lady, the first full-time lady, the first oh my lady God. who works full-time. No, no. In addition to being the first lady, as a professor. Happy birthday to Rick Ocasek right here. Rick Ocasek is a great song, Emotion in Motion. I love this song. Lou hates it. But Lou had to play it today because today happens to be Rick Ocasek's birthday. Rick, of course, more known for being the lead singer of the group The Cars. This is Rick's solo work. In fact, make this louder, Louis. Who are you? Emotion in Motion on a Thursday morning. So Rick was the lead singer of the Cars, but he died a couple years ago. But 
he was also well known. Well, he was a very ugly guy. <laughs> he was just really physically unattractive. He had a lot of money. He was a lead singer of the cars, so that made him attractive. You know how that works. Ugly guys all the time get beautiful women, including me. <laughs> He's a musician, though. <laughs> He's a musician. You're in. I mean, you are in. How many examples do we have of really unattractive musicians who have gorgeous wives? Give me one. Go ahead, Lou. Oh, let's see. He sings for the Counting Crows. He's and... married Adam Duritz? Oh, he had a string oh, yeah. of oh, hot women. Oh, he banged the whole cast of Friends. Every one of them. Right. And you're so, right. He's not He's not a handsome man, no. Are you kidding? He, yeah. he looks like a bug underneath a rock. But even worse, I mean, terrible. Mick Jagger is not a handsome man. He's had every man and woman for uh, the better part of 70 years. But this uh, this Ocasek was married to Paulina Poroskova, right? Right. And she's, she's still gorgeous. She's like 70. She's still gorgeous. I mean... I, I happen to think a lot of these supermodels are way overrated. In fact, I don't like supermodels' bodies because they're way too thin. You show me a girl without an ass, I'll show you a boy. That's my opinion. Hmm. And a lot of these supermodels are built like that. I couldn't tell if they didn't have long hair if they were boys or girls. But this girl, she had it all. She had ass. She was beautiful. And uh, she was married to this guy. <laughs> so he dies a couple of years ago. And he, I, he had some money, I guess. He's the lead singer of the Cars, and he left her nothing, nothing, yeah, not she, a penny. Yeah, she had. She almost got thrown out of the apartment. She I was think. evicted. Yeah, she yeah. was. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, it, it ended relatively ugly, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, also uh, Richie Sambora, not a great-looking guy. Bon Jovi's right-hand man. He was married for years to Heather Locklear when she was still really pretty. Now she looks like, you know, like a meth head walking the streets of. Vero Beach, but when she was really at the height of her game, T.J. Hooker, Melrose Place, Richie Sambora had her. Well, he's not ugly, though. He's, he's, he he's ugly? kind of ugly. He ain't good-looking. Uh, uh, I mean, he's, he's not ugly, but he's not... Well, you could be a scarecrow he's not, uh, Jerry playing Cooney. Bon, bon Jovi's band. If you're in Bon Jovi's band, you're going to... I know. It, you know. Not Jerry Cooney. He's the boxer. Jerry. George Cooney, excuse me. <laughs> Jerry Cooney. Jerry Cooney's not bad. Stupid. So, uh, happy birthday to Rico Kasich. On this um, Thursday morning, and my uh, my leg is killing me. You know what? And we have a lot to cover today. We've got uh, two in studio guests in the nine o'clock hour. Bo Deedle is amazing in studio every Thursday. He'll be here at nine o five, and a really hysterical comedian, Mike Marino. He's going to come with my dear friend Peter Gordio, who's in Gravesend with me, live in studio at nine twenty five. Of course, we've got Bill O'Reilly coming up at eight forty. That is the ratings highlight of the week. And Judge Napolitano, who also does very, very well, he'll be here at 7.40. But uh, my leg has been killing me, and chalk it up to old age, I guess. Uh, You know, I I don't stretch enough. That's one of my major issues. So I go to the gym, and I figure out on an average day in the gym, when I add up all my reps and all my exercises, I lift like 16,000 pounds worth of weight. And I'm going to be 56. And I'm not really a big guy at all, in fact. I'm pretty thin in terms of frame. So I put a lot of pressure on my hips and my legs to uh, to get this weight up. And lately, I can't walk. Like, I have to take the subway every day four or five times. I can't get up and down the stairs. So I go to Danielle last night. I go, I got to tell you, my, my leg is killing me. And she's like, oh, enough already. About enough. You're not 75, you're 55. Every day, something else. Your leg, your ass. I'm like, D, 
What do you want me to tell you, D? I stay in shape. I look great. She's like, calm down. You look great. I go, okay, fine. Okay, people tell me I look good, okay? She gets, she gets so upset when I say that, you know. I say, my leg is killing me. Well, you don't stretch. You don't take care of yourself. I'm like, Danielle, sweetheart, I love you. I'm telling you I don't feel well, and you're yelling at me. How does that happen? You know, last time I got sick, a couple of weeks ago, and I thought I had COVID. I didn't know. And she's, like, yelling at me. I'm like, I'm like, when you get sick, I come in with, like, a, a wet, like, a wet uh, uh, cloth. cloth. Rag. I come in, do you want something to drink? I run back and forth Except to Dwayne Weed a hundred times. What can, I, what can I do for you? Can I wipe your ass? What do you want me to do? I get sick. Something hurts. It's like, well, it's because you don't take care of yourself. I, go, what you? I take vitamins. I work out. I'm getting older, no question. Maybe I have to stretch more. Okay. Well, there's there's foam downstairs. Why don't you roll yourself out? I go, what does that mean? I don't know how to do that. Roll myself. She does that because she's a marathon runner. She knows all these things, you know. I don't know anything. So, um, so then by the time I was done with her last night, my leg hurt and my head hurt. <laughs> so now I wake up this morning and I'm in horrible pain. And the last person I'm going to tell is her, of course. So I'm telling the audience instead. They can tell me to go check. I don't care. Well, thanks. That's Chris Russo. He doesn't care. How about you? You care, Lou? Yeah, I care. I think it's kind of funny that you're going through these things. Oh, my I, God. That I, I have all the time. Oh, uh, you have all this stuff? Yeah, but you don't, but, yeah, but you don't work out like me. No, I love I you to pieces, nope. but nope. you drink and nope. eat. And, nope. Right. Nope. So I keep myself in. I mean, nope. I, I'm on my third magazine cover post the age of 54, mind you, coming up in April. I mean, I really take this stuff very seriously, and it's depressing me that I don't feel as, as good as I look. Well, what have we con- to conclude here between the two of us? I don't know. You're, <laughs> you know what? It's, you're in pain. Yeah. You get the pain. You're yeah. working out. You're getting crazy. I'm going home, having beers. So you're saying that, that it's a waste. I should just let myself go and get fat and eat and drink. Not that you're fat. You're not to, fat. To quote our old friend Bernard McGurk, yeah. we report, you decide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's one thing. But I feel like uh, this whole thing, like, like I, I say this to people all the time. There are radio hosts and there are, I don't want to use the word stars, but see, I believe at this point I've created a brand like, Sid Rosenberg is a brand. I'm not just a talk show host. Everybody else here is a talk show host. Everybody. Curtis Sliwa is a brand. You know, you got the Beret, the Guardian Angels. There's a lot going on there. I think he's branded himself, as I have. Because I'm not just a radio host. I'm the guy that dresses nicely every day, except for today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm in movies, I'm in TV, I write books. I'm that guy. It's bigger than I'm talking on the air. Imus was a brand. He wasn't just a radio host. And most of us in this job don't do that. We just we just talk on the air. That's it. That's it. But you agree, Lewis, that to a certain extent, 
Sid Rosenberg now is a brand, and I have to work out and do all these things, the tanning, all that nonsense, to keep that up. Yes, the burden is uh, very big for you. You're such a dead god. Okay, the I'm trying to have a conversation. You're just like Danielle. You're all the same. You see, what's funny, the more the person loves you, the more impossible it is to talk to them about anything that, that uh, bothers you. Well, maybe, I'm, not, I'm not knocking you. I love okay. you. Well, yeah. maybe that person is doing you a favor mm-hmm. by not entertaining <laughs> your ridiculousness. Okay? Because you can go right outside to the person on the street and go, hey, you know, my leg doesn't feel. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry you hear that. Because yeah. they don't care about you. They don't care. They don't care. See, your if I did cares. a book signing tonight at, at a location anywhere in New York, and one of my fans, our fans, showed up. That's exactly what I would get. I'm so sorry. Oh my my father's a doctor. My sister. Yeah, but I like that. Have you tried this? Yeah, I like take, that. Take tea, stick six lemons in it, drink it. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, the way it, it should be. Your, yeah. That's the way it should be. Put your be. nose in it. Breathe heavy for no, about no, 10 no. It's, it's, it's better to start yelling at the person when they're asking for help, basically. Well, maybe that's not the right thing either, Yeah, I guess. But I took solace when you started telling me about your aches and pains because welcome. That's what I thought. Well, I got this pain down my right leg. Well, do you have that, too? Yeah, I I have something like that. You have sciatica? It's probably something like that. I'll have pain after a long walk, after if I run. Something like that. I can't do a lot of things anymore. I can't play hoop anymore. You can't play hoop anymore? See, I still do that. Macedonia Phil saw me play with Gabe just a couple of weeks ago. I'm not nearly as good as I was even 10 years ago, but I can still play, and I can play for hours. But I don't know about today. Because my leg really hurts, and Danielle and Lou don't care, but it really hurts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I care. I'll wheel you out. I'll wheel you around today. No problem. Just do me a favor. Okay. When I come into work tomorrow okay. on Greek Independence Day, how about here on the desk a get well card? Hi, this is your friend Lou. Great, great idea. All right. All right, let me write that down. Hang on. Write that down. It's on my CVS list. is right down yeah, the well, block. It is. Oh, and Gnome, go Gnome, you right. too, you son of a... How about you... Doing all these stories, and at no point, at no point, you have a whole hour, that 5 a.m. show, which right. is great. Thank you. At no point have you said, i got to tell you, I've been doing the news for four days, and not only do I do the news, but I watch the news, part of my job, and no one, I mean no one in this country, has nailed this Donald Trump stuff more than Sid. From telling you, A, way before Bob Costello Talk to the grand jury, A, Donald Trump would not be arrested and or indicted, to B, when I told you that he would like to be, though, because he's garnering sympathy, and believe it or not, that works for him, to C, when they said yesterday, well, they're going to postpone it, and I said to you, it may never happen. I've given you three concrete examples where I was at the forefront, me, alone, not Hannity, not Takapina, not Costello, me, and not once have you said that during your newscast. You know, wow, I, I guess I screwed up. I should have no, just played No, but on a serious note, if, 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 what I said was all that accurate or not. Uh, so far, you've been accurate. But I, so I, will say, <laughs> I will say this. Usually when a DA presents evidence to a grand jury, yeah. it's almost always a slam dunk. Right, except when I tell you it's not. So I, to- I told you Sunday night. Before Costello appeared before the grand jury Monday right. afternoon, there was not going to be an indictment because they don't have anything. And they still don't have anything. Mm-hmm. And now the Democrats are like, wow, 
we really don't have anything. So let's be careful. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to happen tomorrow or in a week. But those three different examples I just gave you, not Bill O'Reilly, nobody else, me, yes or no? Uh, Yes, if you're right. You know? What do you mean? I've been right so well. But what what happens if they they decide to indict? Oh, well, I just said play, it, take all this tape. It that could happen. Me where I, you said you knew you, everything was going on. I, I, I said it could still happen down the road. Right. But you can't. It's almost like well, if you win three games, you win three games. Well, you may lose the fourth game, but you're still three and zero. I'm three and zero. Yeah, but you're three and zero. If it's a best of seven and you lose four to three, then you lose. Well, who said it's a best of seven? Well, they might come back. And, four and, straight and, games. And they may indict him. But, yeah. you, you, but you were convinced when you're doing the news on Tuesday he was getting arrested. Monday he's getting arrested. Tomorrow I said, no, he's not. Well, wait a second. I didn't say I was convinced. I said Donald Trump said he was going to be arrested on right. Tuesday. But you reported it as if it was going to happen. And then all you guys are giving Bob Costello credit. That's nonsense. How many hours before Costello was in front of the grand jury, honestly, did I tell you 1,000% he's not getting arrested? Uh, it was like 24 hours. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And when did I say that Donald Trump Tuesday would actually like to get arrested because he would love the pictures of him in handcuffs because now he's become a sympathetic figure, which is almost impossible for a guy like Donald Trump. Did I not say that? You did. And, did. and, and of course, he's fundraising off of it. Smart. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. But but in the end, this is the part I don't understand: is that you've been right, but I think in the what, yeah, if he's I've been, in, but I've been right, and everybody else has been wrong. Okay, so all but, three, all three. I, but I don't get what you're saying. Are you saying he's going to be arrested, or he's not going to be arrested? I'm saying that every day that goes by, the chances of him being arrested are less and less because they if they if if they they could have arrested him, they would have done it Monday or Tuesday. They want to do it. You understand that Alvin Bragg wakes up every day for months, dying to arrest him. And they couldn't do it Monday or Tuesday, not because of Bob Costello, but because they've got nothing. And every day that goes by, that becomes more and more clear. And Alvin Bragg seems more and more desperate. So could it happen? Sure. Alan Dershowitz said it. You can indict a ham sandwich. But as the days go by, it looks less and less likely they'll do anything, Hmm. which, which is what I said on Monday. And I'm not even that smart. But I was able to figure it out. The rest of you guys are yelling and you're setting your hair on fire. I mean, <laughs> even Howard Stern, Howard Stern, who is as liberal as it comes, you know, and I think you know this, Noam and Lewis, Howard Stern is a habitual MSNBC watcher. He's a guest often and loves Joe and Mika. Hard to believe, but it's true. But guess who blasted MSNBC for this ridiculous Trump coverage? I'll do what uh, Noam does because he's more. That's right, Howard Stern. <laughs> hey, that does work well, <laughs> doesn't it? That's you, great. You don't need us. We no, can just turn on mics off. You can do a whole answer show. my own question. Yeah. yeah. So here he is What's on his serious <laughs> yeah. XM show yesterday, telling us enough is enough. Howard Stern, Lewis, cut number nine. I was watching MSNBC. I said they were going berserk with uh, you know Trump potentially being arrested. These indictments. Oh my God! It's the same discussion over and over again. They go, "It's very possible that President Trump will be indicted." Uh, according to, pre- first of all, Trump- we don't know, but <laughs> and then they all come on the air and they're all discussing whether or not Trump's going to be indicted. I go, you know, why don't you sit tight and wait and see instead of like That's speculating? Right. You don't have to speculate. This is see, this is what my problem is with those news shows. They treat 
politics like sports. You know, well, when a sports, when something like the Super Bowl is coming up, you have two weeks to discuss what's going to happen in the well, Super Bowl. They got, listen, they got to fill 24 hours a day. They got plenty to, to do. That's funny. Robin Quivers, they treat politics like sports. She nailed it. And that's why I was successful in sports. And now I'm successful in politics. The same thing, the same crazies, the same guys that yell and scream about their Mets, their Yankees, their Jets, do the same thing about their politicians. Same thing. They they uh, sometimes refuse to accept the blemishes they're always talking about or hoping for the best. And sometimes, even when they disappoint, oh, not guys like Joe Beningo, that's different. Everything's a disaster. Everything. But politics and sports, at least the coverage is really very similar, and that's why whether it's me or Keith Olbermann or Clay Travis or Jason Whitlock or a host of others, we can do both. Does that make sense, Noam? It does. Th- uh, thank you for clearing that up yeah, for me. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. God, I, I hate everybody today. <laughs> I really do. But, bro, if he jumped on his right foot instead of his left foot, we'd still have Diaz. <laughs> Unbelievable. Should I take medication for this today, like a painkiller or something? I don't know. No, don't do it. Don't do that. that. Just, yeah. just live through the pain today. Okay. Just hop around. Just do more workouts. You'll be fine. I can go to uh, Trinity Rehab. You know, I do their commercials. And I actually say during the commercials, stay away from painkillers and Ben Gay and all that stuff and just go to us. And I can do that today. Mm, just do that. I can get a massage. That's what I really need. I need Macedonia Phil to rub my buttocks. Again? Yeah. Phil, you in? Uh, in what in what way? <laughs> in what way? I've, I've got. I think my IT band is the issue. I'm not a doctor here, but I believe my IT band is causing this pain, which eventually I will tell you has my right foot falling asleep, even when I'm walking and going numb. So I believe it's an mm-hmm. IT band issue, which means you have to rub my ass, mm. Phil. Well, he'll do that anyway. Okay, well, we'll discuss things when the microphones are off. <laughs> oh. I'm going to also have to talk about my contract. Sounds here. like when the real show happens. <laughs> Your contract? Yeah, I, I don't get paid. But you're going to walk into John Cacciatini's office and say, uh, boss, <laughs> I need more money because. It looks like part of my job description is to rub Sid's ass. I'm not getting paid nearly enough to rub ass. <laughs> Wait till tomorrow on Greek Day. That'll, be, that'll work out. <laughs> Judge Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Deedle, and the combination of Mike Marino and Peter Gordio all coming up. Already off to a tremendous start on this, the Thursday edition of New York's favorite talk show. That's me, Sid and Friends in the Morning, Talk Radio 77, WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Reach for 
Air Supply. Tried Air Supply with this great song, Lost in Love. Air Supply coming to the NYCB Theater. It's at Westbury. Comes your way on Saturday, August the 5th. And I want to send you on a friend to see the show for free. I've seen Air Supply. I told you this last week, many, 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 many years ago at the Diplomat Hotel on Collins Avenue in Florida. Send you and a friend to the show for free. I've got a pair of tickets right now to see the iconic duo Russell and Russell perform all their classic hits like this one, Lost in Love. You and a friend could be singing along to all your favorite air supply hits. Be caller number 9 right now, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222, and you'll be heading to see Air Supply Saturday, August the 5th at the NYCB Theater in Westbury. <laughs> I love these guys. This is, feels like Sid and estrogen in the morning. Today. I know. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, look, I, I like ACDC. I, I like this band, too, by the way. Yeah. I'm on record. I, yeah. Well, thank I, you for that. I like a lot of music. It just, when you add them all up. I know. Well, I have a very diverse, um, I'd even say eclectic, I guess, music list on my phone. You can go from Metropolis to Flesh for Lulu to The Smiths to The Cure to Neil Diamond. This part I love, actually. I'll make this loud, yeah. So good. I hear this. I'm compelled to make love to Gnome. What? That's funny. He feels compelled to run as fast <laughs> as he freaking can. Air Supply, August the 5th, folks. Uh, check that out. So yesterday was uh, was an exciting day for me. And I'll get back to the Donald Trump stuff. We'll cover it with Judge Napolitano and Bill O'Reilly and Bo and everybody else. But they had me doing this podcast here every week. every uh, Three times a week. So... And I get the whole podcast thing. I get it. You know, and Chad Lopez, who's a great, smart, innovative boss, has been trying to get all these platforms done for years to add to the radio stuff. Now, look, for me, all I really care about is the radio stuff. You give me four hours a day. Remember our 1010 wins? You give us eight minutes, we'll give you the world. Was that their uh, their tagline? You're almost there. What was it again? 22 minutes, and we'll give you the world. Okay, 22 minutes. Uh, you give me four hours, and I'll give you the best radio show in New York. And there's no question about that. And that's all I really care about. The rest of this stuff, podcasts, mini-podcasts, blah, 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 blah. Please. Please. I mean, to me, I always thought of people who did podcasts as people who just weren't good enough to do radio. And if you're a really great radio guy, like great, you shouldn't be doing podcasts. Bottom line you got kids in their basement who are like 12 years old. You know, like I miss would say, old porn on in the background, Chinese food boxes laying all over the floor, and they're sitting there telling you how they feel about sports and politics and music, and it's nonsense. Everybody does a podcast, and that's fine. And every once in a while, a guy like Joe Rogan, who has no talent, zero, zero, becomes a major star, makes a ton of money. Or uh, Jay Moore had a big one, and Mark Marin, and... The other guy, um, Adam Carolla, very limited in talent, all these people. They could never do what I do. They couldn't sit here for four hours a day with no script, none, and keep a big city like this entertained. But they make a lot of money, and now everybody wants to do a podcast. So when they ask me to do it, <laughs> I'm almost insulted. But 
in an effort to be a quote-unquote team player, which I'm becoming less of as I get older. I just don't care. I just want to I make a lot of money and, and do this and leave me alone, to be honest. But I love Chad. I don't want to insult him and make him angry. So I do this, you know. So they asked me three days a week to do this top five sports headlines podcast. No creativity, nothing. Some young kid writes a list of the five biggest sports stories, and I sit here like a dick with ears and read it, and they put it on video. <laughs> I mean, this is what my career has come to. Number one in New York City with a 7-5, and I'm reading five, top five sports headlines. So Monday, this uh, kid, Mike Garcia, he used to work with me here. He walks in with the script, and I said no. He went, what do you mean no? I said, I'm done with it. I'm, it's over. What do you mean? I go, it's over. That's it. I'm finished. What are you, you're going to make me do it? You're going to yell at me? You're going to tell me to do it? I'm, I, I'm hosting the number one show at this station. Uh, you know, come on. I'm done. <laughs> and their face is so puzzled. Their too. face is like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? What? I never heard that word yeah. before. No. No, I'm done. That's it. It's over. <laughs> but there's some good news here for the podcast lovers and Chad. And that is that I didn't say I'm done and say I'm just not going to do podcasts anymore, which still may happen. I said I've got a different podcast I want to do, and that is my son Gabriel, my angel, my life. He's a big basketball fan. And you know the story with Gabe. He was born with dyspraxia. Scared the hell out of me and Danielle. And when the doctor at Miami Children's Hospital diagnosed him, we were thankful we got a diagnosis. But the doctor... What a bedside manner this guy had. He's like, well, Mr. Rosenberg, the good news is we know what he's got. He's going to walk, but he'll never hit 300 or lead the league in scoring. I'm like, what? excuse me? And then Yell's like, Sidney, calm down. It's good. He gave us a diagnosis. I go, he's going to say it like that? If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Mind you now, my son goes to the basketball court and hits every shot, every shot. He's made, I, I don't care. Really, I don't. But what I do care about is he knows that story, and he made it his life goal to prove the doctor wrong, and he's done it. So now he plays basketball, and he loves to watch it. He loves the Knicks. Loves the Knicks. Knows the whole NBA. So I said, Gaby, what do you think about uh, doing a podcast with Daddy? Me and you. Oh, God, Dad, I'd love that. Really? Yes. I'll ask Chad. So I said, Chad, what do you think? Chad's a great father, great guy. Go for it. So yesterday, on Wednesdays, my son has a half day at school. So he gets here about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And yesterday we started the Sid and Gabe NBA Sports Podcast. I got a couple of cuts here. But I have to tell you, sitting in a studio with my little boy and doing this back and forth was perfect. I don't care if one person listens or a million. I don't care. It was just me and my son. And we do a lot of stuff together, me and Gabriel, a lot. Whether it's going to a Nick game together, going to lunch. I take him out a couple times a week. We have serious conversations. 
not-so-serious conversations. This yesterday was special. So here's a cut of uh, me and Gabe when he explains to me how he first fell in love with basketball and why. This is from our podcast, which we started yesterday. Lewis, cut number 16. Good afternoon, son. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm pretty good. You excited? Very excited. Yeah. I, I never thought years ago that we'd be doing a... NBA podcast together. No, I was I wasn't as interested in sports as I am now. Not even close. You know, it's funny. Last year, you and I went to a couple of NBA games together. Doctor Mark Siegel from Fox News gave us Knicks and Sixers, Knicks and Pacers. Corey Zelnick always gives us good tickets. In fact, your first Knicks game, I think, at the Garden was Dwayne Wade's last game for the Heat here in New York. And I noticed when you went to these games, you kind of got into it. Was that kind of the beginning of your? introduction to liking the NBA? I would say so. Those games, like it, like the energy, the atmosphere in the garden is just yeah. unmatched. And I just sit down there and I look at all the players and I hear the crowd go wild every single time the Knicks score. And I'm just like, how can you not like this? Pretty cool, right? Yes. Your mom seems to think that, at least initially, that he thought it would be a good idea to like these things because daddy likes it and it would be a good way for you and I to, to bond. I don't know. No. No, no, no. No, you don't care it's, not, it's not because you like it. It's because I like it. Ah, it has nothing to do with me. There's a lot of things you like that I don't like. Oh, really? Yeah. Give me one. I'd rather eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're such a wise guy. Yeah. And uh, here's one more. So I'm glad you just stopped right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, what were you, what were you insinuating? Uh, one more. This is uh, Jokic talk. So, you know, Macedonia Phil loves this guy, Jokic, who's the all-star center of the Denver Nuggets. Right now, the Denver Nuggets are the best team. This is inside baseball, I know. But the Nuggets are the best team out in the Western Conference. They're the one seed, just ahead of the Memphis Grizzlies. So we started talking about the Western Conference and Jokic. And uh, here's one more cut. Daddy and son, Sid and Gabe, from our new basketball podcast. Cut number, this would be 15. I think Memphis is... A little bit better than Denver. Like, oh, you do? You think Memphis is better? <laughs> Listen, I'm not a I'm not a big Jokic fan. So what? You better hope that Macedonia Phil doesn't hear this. I, Macedonia Phil thinks he's like the best center ever. No, like better than no, Ewing and Elijah. No, yes, no, yes. no, no, not even close. No, that's terrible. No. So then, in this big MVP race, for example, between Giannis, Milwaukee Bucks, Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers, and the aforementioned Jokic. You wouldn't give the edge to Jokic? I would not. No. No. Who would be your MVP right now? Joel Embiid. Over Giannis? Yes. So there it is. Me and Gabe, and we talked about the Knicks and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, and it was uh, it was fun. It was special. Wow. So I think Phil just uh, fell out wherever <laughs> yeah, he is. Just yeah. fell on the floor. Well, that's the podcast I will do once a week moving forward, and uh, until Gabe doesn't want to do it, then, of course, uh, that'll be it. But otherwise, now you know how I feel about podcasts. Traffic coming up next. Right now it's time for the 77 WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under 10 New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Today's minicast is from the Rush Hour with James Golden, who you know at this station as Bo Snurdly. Here he's talking with Tucker Carlson about President Donald Trump. I wouldn't even think about it as a former president. I would think about it as the front runner in the presidential race, which is underway. So that's right. the thing. And by the way, if, if there's some real crime that Trump committed, you know, tell us what it is. And, you know, the guy gets busted embezzling or killing someone or whatever. I think he should be prosecuted.
this is a completely fake crime. There's nothing real about it. And they're trying to take out the front runner in the presidential race. Like, that's not allowed. The Manhattan DA's office has absolutely no right to short circuit a presidential race because they don't like the candidate. This is Sid on Sports. Oh, my goodness! Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. The Knicks were the only local team in action last night, losing 127-120 to the Heat down in Miami. New York kept it close up until about halfway through the fourth quarter when Miami took all of three minutes to swell their one-point lead into double uh, digits. Jimmy Butler led the contest in scoring with 35 points, while R.J. Barrett led all Knicks with his 26. The Knicks still hold possession of fifth place in the Eastern Conference, but after losing two straight, are only two games up on the Brooklyn Nets and now the Heat as well. New York will make the short trip from Miami to Orlando tonight to tip it off with the Magic at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. As for the Nets, they'll be back on the court tonight at home to welcome in the Cleveland Cavaliers for 7.30 p.m. tip-off. In Memphis, all-star point guard John Morant made his highly anticipated return to the floor in his first appearance since serving his eight-game suspension. Morant was away from the team for two weeks after brandishing a gun during an Instagram live stream from a Denver-area strip club on March 4th. He came off the bench in his return, registering 17 points in his 24 minutes on the floor. The madness resumes tonight with the Sweet 16 of the NCAA Men's Basketball College a tournament set to get underway at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time between 7-seed Michigan State and 3-seed Kansas State. Following that matchup will be 8-seed Arkansas versus 4-seed UConn at 7-15, 9-seed FAU against 4-seed Tennessee at 9, and finally 3-seed Gonzaga taking on 2-seed UCLA. Is that uh, FAU game at Madison Square Garden? Oh, I got to look up. I, I think it up. is because my old dentist down in Boca Raton, Richard Stoller, he's actually the dentist for the team. He does FAU football, basketball. He sent me a text yesterday. Are you going to the FAU game? I go, why would I go to that? And he said it was at Madison Square Garden. That's interesting. And you guys told me there was no Sweet 16 games here in New York. I didn't think there was. Well, check that out. I I think it's at the Garden. And when does Princeton play? Princeton plays probably tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. Check out FAU Tennessee. I think it's at the Garden. Okay. I'll check it out for you. I'll let you know. And news yesterday out of Jetsland that does directly pertain to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. Kane Green traded wide receiver Elijah Moore to the Cleveland Browns while almost simultaneously fi- uh, finalizing a free agent contract with his replacement in form- uh, former Kansas City Chiefs wideout McCall Hardman. Hardman's deal is for one year and $6.5 million maximum. The draft capital, though, that the Jets received in the Moore trade could potentially be used as ammunition in their attempts to acquire the aforementioned Rodgers. And ice hockey action tonight. Rangers out in Carolina taking on the Hurricanes for 7 p.m. Puck drop. Here is sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. I'm Justin Alec on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
one of the more grotesque sights you'll ever see. Maybe I'll change that. I have to be more sensitive, I guess. One of the things that really annoys me, is what I'll say, these days, is when they take these trans people, who again, at the risk of repetition for the thousandth time before you start lining up outside my studios on 3rd Avenue and protesting, I have no issue. If that's who you are, God bless you. It actually breaks my heart that these people kill themselves in the big numbers that they do. It's sad. Uh, And it's even more sad that somebody wakes up and really has no idea who or what they are and would go through something as serious as basically mangling your own body in an attempt to become somebody you're not even sure who that is or if that's you. The whole thing is really incredibly sad, incredibly sad. And I have nothing against these people. Now, because I'm an honest guy, that's part of the reason why this show does so well, gay people, I see them now, it, it, does, it, doesn't, it's, it doesn't really, it doesn't stop my day. When I was a kid, like, remember Joe Biden lied to everybody and said, you know, uh, the first time I realized that I was good with gay people was I was a little kid, and uh, me and my dad were in Delaware, and we saw these two very well-dressed men, you know, making out and kissing, and, and my dad said, hey, Joey, they're in love. I mean, it's such a lie. There is nobody in Joe Biden's father's generation, which my mom is in, the great Naomi, that was, oh, look, they're in love. They were like, oh, my God, that's gross. And there's a lot of folks who still feel that way to this day. Not me. You know, at this point, I living in New York, maybe if I lived in Clarksville, Tennessee, or lacrosse, Wisconsin, and I saw that, it would be a traffic stopper. But living in New York, I see enough of it every day on the train. It doesn't, doesn't even bother me. Um, but transgenders, I, I, I'm uncomfortable. Again, no, no, no disrespect, no offense. Leave them alone. They deserve to be happy, just like you and I do. But uh, I'm a little uncomfortable. And then when you get these polls out, because this is Women's History Month, and you start honoring great women, which I'm all for, and you give the award to somebody who's got a penis, it doesn't make any sense to me. You know, we we had a a woman's day on this show during Women's History Month about uh, two weeks ago, and I said the only criteria I have for the guest is that that person has a vagina because that's a woman. Remember that, guys? And we kind of laughed and joked around, but I was being deadly serious, deadly. So there's another poll for Woman of the Year, and there's another lady who's not, who um, who I guess won it or is up for it, and man, I've had enough of that. I've had enough. You know what we need to do? And it's the same thing with athletics. Don't put a boy in a bikini, have him compete against girls, and call that person a great athlete. That swimmer, for example, from Pennsylvania, he couldn't beat me in a pool. Then he decided one day, well, I can't beat the boys. I'm going to identify as a girl. And Pennsylvania, U of Penn, which is a great academic institution, uh, right? It's an Ivy League school. They're supposed to be really smart. 
Well, they're not that smart, clearly, because they allowed this person to swim in the pool and act as if. And all of a sudden, this swimmer, who couldn't beat me, became a superstar, a college superstar. And the females on that team did the best they could to keep their mouths shut because the university told me how to be that, do that way. And then little by little, they started coming out and going, this really isn't fair. My daughter, for example, Ava, whom we go see in Europe in two weeks, she, um, she's a great tennis player, great. Danielle and I spent a fortune on Ava's tennis. She trained with Rick Macy. If you saw the movie King Richard, where Will Smith won the Academy Award before he slapped Chris Rock across the face, there's a big role for Rick Macy in that movie because he trained Venus and Serena, Andy Roddick, Jennifer Capriati, all these stars. And this guy, Rick, trained my daughter, and she, she was really good. At one point, we thought maybe even a scholarship player. If I ever saw a guy walk on the court with a wig on, I personally would remove that person physically. I really would. I'd get that angry. Nonsense. So whether it's uh, a pole where a man beats a woman because now he's a woman, or an athletic competition where a man beats a woman because now he's a woman, it's gross. It's nonsense. So quickly before I go to break, this idiot Joe Biden was at the Women's History Month event at the White House. Let me tell you how bad it is for Joe Biden. He can't even introduce his own wife. Mayor Eric Adams, my friend, and I mean that sincerely. He's my friend. I like him a lot, a lot. And he's got some good ideas, and he could be an excellent politician if he stops, stops sucking up to awful Democrats like Joe Biden. So, Eric, I know you're listening. Take a listen to this and tell me why, why at any time on any day you would favorably compare yourself to this vegetable. Joe Biden, cut number one. This is a time for celebrating extraordinary women who have made their mark in history, strengthen our nation. And like Jill, the first lady, the first full-time what? lady, the first lady who what? works full-time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> In addition to being the first lady, as a professor. You hear that? That's the guy you compare yourself to. Congratulations to uh, Jill Biden. Anyway, that's one hour in the book. A damn good hour. Got a lot more to come. Three hours, which include exciting guests like Judge Andrew Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly, Bo Dita live in studio, and the great comedian Mike Marino with actor Peter Gordio also live in studio. We just getting started on a Thursday morning. Sitting friends right here on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sitting Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
Shaka Khan, Shaka Khan, 70 years old today. Happy birthday to Shaka, 70. I know you wanted to play that. You give it to me, Shaka. What, what is that? Other is that? Uh, it's called uh, I Feel For You. I Feel For You, yeah. That's the more, but this one, this really shows off just how good she is. She can really sing. This is a, a really good song. Through the Fire, Shaka Khan, happy birthday to Shaka. <laughs> yeah. So we've got a busy three hours about to come your way. I love Judge Andrew Napolitano. He's here every Thursday morning at 740. He will join us uh, coming up in about 30 minutes. Bill O'Reilly, the great one. He's the great one. I'm sorry, Mark Levin. O'Reilly will be here at 840. Oh, Bo Deedle, my main man. I really love Bo Deedle. He's become, well, it's taken about 25 years, but... Become one of my two or three favorite people in the world. And he'll be live in studio at 9.05. And then the very funny comedian Mike Marino, along with my uh, dear acting friend Peter Gordio, live in studio, coming up at 9.25. So some really good guests about to come your way. And all these stories, the Trump stuff, nobody in America, not O'Reilly, not uh, anybody on Fox News, not even Takapina, nobody has been more right on a daily basis on what's going on with Trump than me. Nobody. Not because I'm smarter. I'm not. I do have a couple of, how can I say this uh, gently? I've got a couple of insiders. But I just, it's easy. It's common sense figuring out what's going on here. So while MSNBC and CNN spend their days all morning long, always getting arrested, he's getting arrested. Now they're switching gears, you know, because the grand jury is set to meet again today just to figure out if they're even going to arrest him. Because the truth is they've got nothing. So now they're switching gears to the classified documents case. Oh, the Trump attorney to testify in classified document case. See, they already figured out they're not going to get him on this stupid Alvin Bragg indictment. Let us try something else. Because there are four cases out there. Four. You've got the classified document case. I just mentioned it. You've got the New York ridiculous potential indictment. You've got Georgia, which is really a loser. And you've got January 6th, which is complete nonsense. But on any day, any one of those four could end up in a bit of legal trouble. For Trump, not where he's going to prison, not where he's going to have to bow out of an election. None of that's going to happen. None of it. And as we've seen, all this has done is energize his base, make him a beast in the polls. 
He is hammering Ron DeSantis every step of the way. And for a guy that may be the least sympathetic person God ever created, now he's garnering tons of sympathy, even from independence. So when I said to Dershowitz last week, and he laughed like I was crazy, that believe me when I tell you, Donald Trump wants to get arrested. He wants to, because he knows there's no case. And the visual of putting a former president in handcuffs for no other reason than fat, stupid, racist Alvin Bragg doesn't like him gives Donald Trump an erection that Viagra couldn't get him. He wants that. He's not afraid of it. He wants it. And I've been saying that for days. Days and days. It's gotten so bad for the Democrats that my hero, Howard Stern, who, by the way, on this date back in 1994, this exact date, Lewis, 29 years ago, Howard Stern formally announced he was running for governor of New York as a libertarian 29 years ago today. Don't remember. You don't remember that? I don't. I guess he lost 94 would have been, was that still Pataki? No, no, it was before. I don't even know. Who was the governor known in 94? Who beat Stern? No, it could have been Cuomo. It was later, right? Okay. Who was it, uh, Noam? Later than Mario. 1994? Yeah. Uh, Who did Stern lose to? Lose to. uh, I'm sure he didn't come in second, but he Uh, ran as a libertarian back then. You should know this off the top of your head. I know. I'm trying to. This is where where the Facebook post. If Bernard was there. (laughs) I think it was still Cuomo in 1994. Probably was Cuomo. Almost possible. Yeah, Yeah, Lewis is right again. Don't ever doubt Lewis. (laughs) Which you just did. No, 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 I'm sorry. It was Pataki in 1994. He won in 1994. Oh. So who was right? Who was right? Don't ever doubt. Don't ever doubt Sid. Thank you. He beat Cuomo, and then Howard dropped out. Right. So then Howard talked about running for president later. And you remember the ticket? Stern and... Who? Oh, come on. I'll give you a hint. Was it Bradley Cooper? No. That was <laughs> last year. That was a joke. He beat the guy that he Justin. was, was going to be on his ticket, actually beat my cousin in the gubernatorial race in the state of Minnesota. Not oh. Franken? Nope. Franken actually um, lost to my cousin. Jesse the no, Body Ventura? In, uh, for oh. the center race. Jesse the Body Ventura. That's right. Yes. There you have it. So uh, Stern... Who was for some reason? For some reason, he's a he's a raging liberal. He is an avid MSNBC watcher. Never misses Joe and Mika. These are the two. They're not the worst. Oof. Joy Reid is worse. Oof. Joy Reid is worse. Uh, Don Lemon is worse. Not because they're both black, Reid and Lemon, but they happen to be worse. Uh, Joe and Mika are right there. Stern never misses. Never misses Joe and Mika. But even Stern is sick of it. Sick of it. And he destroys Trump every opportunity. So here was Howard on his Sirius XM show yesterday saying, Hey, MSNBC, it's enough already. Cut number nine. I was watching MSNBC. I said they were going berserk with, uh, you know, Trump potentially being arrested. These indictment possibilities. Oh, my God. It's the same discussion over and over again. They go, it's very possible that President Trump will be indicted uh, according to... First of all, Trump. We don't know, but. <laughs> and then they all come on the air and they're all discussing whether or not 
Trump's going to be in that. I go, you know, why don't you sit tight and wait and see instead of like That's speculating? Right. You don't have to speculate. This is see, this is what my problem is with those news shows. They treat politics like sports. You know, well, when a sports when something like the Super Bowl is coming up, you have two weeks to discuss what's going to happen in the well, Super Bowl. They got listen. They got to fill twenty four hours a day. They got plenty to to do. So they also make the point in the next card here how it does that. It's not really the media that controls what uh, what they're talking about. It's Donald Trump himself, and they're right about that. Let's go back to Trump's Truth Social uh, media post on Saturday. And he's run the whole week of news ever since. Howard Stern cut number 10. You know, it's crazy. The uh, the, the thing I love is that, uh, you know, everyone is talking about Trump, Trump, Trump. And today he was, you know, yesterday was the day he was going to be arrested. But Trump is the one who said he was going to be arrested. And they all believe him that well, he was going to be arrested. Well, up the news again. I said, I guess people are happy because he's back and he's telling them what <laughs> stories to cover. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what's going on. I'll tell you, does know what's going on. My friend of 43 years, you know, twice this week, I've had Boris Epstein on this show. Boris is Donald Trump's counsel, senior advisor. And I gave Boris credit just a week ago today for hiring my dear friend Joseph Takapina as one of Trump's attorneys. One of them. He's got a million attorneys, Trump, a million. And, of course, you know, Takapina and I go back 43 years to the days when he, we, we, we carpooled together to Polly Prep. His father, God rest his soul, Cosmo, and his lovely mom, Josephine. My father and mother, Harvey and Naomi, they became very close. Tack lived on Bedford and X. I lived on 22nd and Quentin. And we've been best friends for 43 years. And now he's a star. I mean, every night, Takapina's on TV every night. He's represented big-time people. Alex Rodriguez, Meek Mill, Yoron Vandersloot never got this attention. So when he called me a month ago, you guys know this, you were here, 5 o'clock in the morning and said, I'm on the way to Mar-a-Lago, Sid. Am I doing the right thing? I said, are you doing the right thing, Tack? Absolutely. You're going to be a star. And even I, even I could never have imagined it would have been this big. He's on every night. Back on with Sean Hannity last night for the second time in a week. And he talked about why the grand jury had to postpone their meeting yesterday. They're set to meet today. Here it is, Joe Tacopina, courtesy of Sean Hannity and Fox News last night. Cut number three. You know, Joe, let me start with this, because this is important. When's the last time you've heard from the DA? Susan Nicholas, my, my yeah. co-counsel, spoke to a week ago or so. I mean, they don't keep us up to date on all this stuff or, or in the loop, if you will. Now, it's pretty unusual for a grand jury proceeding to be canceled like it was today. Sure. I mean, we're speculating, but it's pretty rare. It does happen occasionally. Mm. It may be rescheduled tomorrow. We don't know. Um, do you know who the last witness is? No. Again, this, the grand jury proceeding is the DA's proceeding. It's not a, a joint proceeding. It's something that they use as a mechanism to bring a charge. Um, it's a formality for the most part. Um, but, but we don't know what's going on. But I can tell you there appears to be chaos in that office right now, as there should be, mm -hmm. because the Manhattan District Attorney's Office was once the pinnacle of prosecutor's office in this country. Um, you know, now it's, it's something that's being used as a political tool. And, and when I see the justice system and a prosecutor's office being used to weaponize um, the justice system against an individual, it makes me sick to my stomach. As a former prosecutor, I could never have imagined this. So who are you going to believe here? Are you going to believe Bob Costello, who had some very damaging testimony in front of the grand jury a couple of days ago, damaging for Alvin Bragg. Are you going to believe him 
or this filthy convicted felon, former Trump attorney, Michael Cohen? That was the question Sean Hannity had for Joe Tacopino last night. Lewis, cut number four. Alan Dershowitz went as far as to say, case closed, that the DA cannot use Michael Cohen as a witness because he would be contradicted by Costello. Costello and now a big firm called uh, McDermott, Will and Emery, uh, one of the most prestigious firms in this country. It's a second firm. This corroborates Bob Costello, who has no need for corroboration. He's a very reputable lawyer um, without an axe to grind here, and he's not a convicted liar, as, as Michael Cohen is. This letter here is is so devastating to their case because it is them representing to a federal agency, the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, that this was done without any thought of the campaign. Of course it wasn't. Look, I've said this before, Sean. Anything that they're saying, assuming it was 100 percent truthful, okay, Cohen and Bragg and all that, it still does not make out a crime because there's no campaign finance law violation here at all. So, again, the grand jury is set to reconvene today. They may still decide to to do this. I don't know. But every day that goes by that there is no indictment, there is no arrest, I think looks worse and worse for the DA's office and looking better and better for my dear friend Donald Trump. John Turley on Fox News yesterday talked about this grand jury postponement and what it means for this fat loser Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg. It's a strong signal to brag uh, that he has really gone down the wrong course here. You know, the old expression that a prosecutor can get a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich, uh, it's not without its support. Grand juries tend to rubber stamp cases brought by the prosecutors. If, If he's getting serious pushback on a case like this, it only amplifies the view of many of us that this is an extraordinarily weak and flawed case. Uh, Now, if that's getting him to think again about his course, uh, that's a very welcome change. There could be various contributing factors here. The grand jury heard from Mr. Costello, the former lawyer uh, for Michael Cohen. Uh, Mr. Costello said he went into that grand jury and waved around 300 emails that he said that they had not really seen or been fully informed of. Those emails, according to him, contradict Michael Cohen, who's the star witness of this entire production. Uh, That may have left a mark, and they may still be trying to deal with it. That did leave a mark. Costello did a tremendous job that day, said they used six emails, decided not to use 300, which showed that Michael Cohen was lying. So that was very damaging testimony to Alvin Bragg by Bob Costello. But as I told you the day before, they knew already, even before Costello, they were in trouble and not much of a case. We'll talk more about this to Judge Napolitano coming up at 740, Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840, and once again in the 9 o'clock hour, Bo Deedle, comedian Mike Marino, actor Peter Gordio. All that to come your way. And once again, happy 70th birthday to the great Shaka Khan. Right here with me, Sid. On Talk Radio 77, WABC. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Thursday, the people advising Florida Governor Ron DeSantis believe now is his time. They think he can win the Republican nomination and be elected president in 2024. I say the governor has a shot, 
but needs to study up. He undeniably has done an excellent job running Florida, but so did Jeb Bush. Basking in the sunshine is not enough to secure the Oval Office. Recently, DeSantis made a policy mistake by saying Ukraine is a dispute over territory and not a vital issue for the USA. That is a naive statement, because Putin is obviously on the march as he attempts to resurrect the Soviet Union. Enslaving millions of people is not something Americans endorse. Even more important is China's design to control Taiwan, a free state. If Putin wins in Ukraine, the Taiwanese are goners. The governor should know this. DeSantis also made a significant error by uttering the words porn star while discussing the Trump case. That set off the former president who heard disrespect in those words from Governor DeSantis. If he really wants the top job, Ron DeSantis, he will eventually need millions of Trump voters to support him. So he might choose his words more carefully. That is the morning O'Reilly update. More analysis later on. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I know tonight she comes. Happy birthday, Rico Kasich. He's dead now, but he sang this song. Great singer, lead singer, one of my favorite bands of all time, The Cars. I know tonight she comes. For what it's worth, Bill O'Reilly is much smarter than me. Everyone knows that. And I look up to Bill. Bill's one of my heroes. And I say that as a top host in this city. Bill knows that, so do you. Bill will join me coming up at 840 this morning, and it's an honor. It's humbling for me to talk to Bill every week. But I couldn't disagree with him more, and I agree with Ron DeSantis 100%. This is a battle over territory, and I'm sick and tired of everybody like the, you know, not, not Peter King necessarily or Bill O'Reilly, but this, Pete, this, this Putin who's a bitch, by the way, a bitch, couldn't win a war if he knew how, if he, if he knew if he, if he had the best weaponry and knew exactly where the enemy was, he still couldn't win. I mean, they're getting their asses kicked up and down the aisle by these Ukrainians. I'm sick and tired of this fear of Putin. Oh, my God, he's taking over the world. And then when he does that, China's going to invade Taiwan. Stop. Stop. DeSantis is right. I've been saying it since day one. So did Bernard, God rest his soul. Enough with Zelensky, enough with Ukraine, enough with the money, enough with Putin. My God. Those two have hated each other for for the the hundreds of years. There's nothing new. Ukraine and Russia. 
They got to wake up every day afraid of Putin. Oh, but what if Putin goes into Poland? And what if he goes into Staten Island? Then what? What if Putin comes to Staten Island? What if Putin nukes the UK? I got a text from Ava two o'clock in the morning. What if Putin? Enough with Putin. Every day, Putin. DeSantis is right. It's not our war. It's not. Figure it out. Maybe you can go there and find a way to have these two idiots, both idiots, Zelensky and Putin. Putin, a murderous idiot. I get that. Figure out a way to stop this. But this fear every day about Putin, not me. No, thanks. I am much more afraid, much more afraid of my own president than Vladimir Putin. Joe Biden scares the shit, scares the hell out of me. Not Putin. Seventy-seven WABC listeners, you've heard me talk about Global Security Group providing the mandatory training to obtain a concealed carry permit in New York City all this week. Watch me. Now, now that guy scares me, exactly. Now I'm giving you, because he lies. See, Putin, you know what he's doing. This son of a bitch, Biden, he lies to you. I'm giving you the chance to win this training this week. This is an unbelievable gift from me, I must say. Go to WABCRadio.com, backward slash security right now, and enter to win the training you're going to need to get your concealed carry permit. This Friday, in the 9 a.m. hour, tomorrow, on Greek Independence Day, I'll be announcing the winner live on the air. To enter, you must be 21 years of age and a New York State resident. Go to WABCRadio.com, backward slash security, and enter today. Good luck. Judge Napolitano coming up next. Let's do traffic at 737 on your Thursday morning. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From my friends. 77 WABC. Logical song at 7.44 on your Thursday morning back here on the number one rated morning show in New York City by a distance. 12 plus, I get it. That's the whole audience, folks. That's not men at a certain age who 
dine out three times a week and watch the Knicks twice a week. This is the whole audience. We kick ass. Everybody. We beat them all. 1010 wins, 880, WFAN, you name it, we beat them. And we beat them because, well, me, obviously, but and my crew, but we've got great guests. I mean, great guests every week. And one of those is Judge Angelo Palatano, who joins me every Thursday morning at this time. So here he is, my friend, the judge. Good morning, Judge. How are you? My friend said, I'm great. How are you? Thank I'm you doing uh, fantastic. Very generous introduction, my friend. Well, it's all true. Well, I'm so happy you're back. You've been back now for a couple of months, and it really did cement uh, the, the rest of the guest week. That's how important you wanted this show, so thank you. I do want to get to a Donald Trump right away. Uh, no indictment, no arrest. Bob Costello certainly played a major role in that, although I knew hours and hours before Costello even testified that they were not going to arrest him because... Uh, there was no case, and as much as Alvin Bragg wants to do it, yes, Costello made it real clear that Michael Cohen lied about, about 300 emails. But uh, even dating back to last Saturday when Trump put that out there, they had no case. So I'm not sure if it was Costello or not, but the truth is they have no case. That's why Donald Trump has not been indicted or arrested yet, not because they don't want to. Well, the truth is, that uh, the grand jury, as Joe Tacopina told uh, Sean Hannity last night, is really a formality. And it is almost literally true that a grand jury would indict a ham sandwich if the prosecutor wanted it to. I don't know the reason for the delay, but I wouldn't take much joy in it. Uh, because if Bragg, if Alvin Bragg wants the grand jury to indict Trump, it will it will happen, even though the case is, as we all know, extraordinarily weak, and it may be a non-case, meaning might actually be dismissed by the court uh, before it even gets to a jury, because some of the theories are a little specious. I mean, without getting too much into the weeds, Sid, uh, the indictment will say that somehow Trump committed a state crime by having committed a federal crime, which the feds decided not to prosecute him for. Now, that is a very, very novel theory of law. If you presented that in a law school, the kids would be scratching their heads. If you presented it to a panel of appellate judges, they would say, well, we've never heard this before. Mm. So I'm not so sure that even if he is indicted, this is going to go to trial. Uh, In terms of the arrest, man, I agree with you. Trump would love nothing more than a dramatic hand-shackled perp walk, but that is not going to happen. With the exception of Roger Stone, when they sent 25 uh, armed agents and two helicopters and one gunboat <laughs> to arrest him. What, what? I mean, they, they sent <laughs> less to get Pablo. They sent less to get Pablo than Roger Stone. Well, look, they, white-collar cases, they give you the opportunity quietly and privately to surrender. You're the former president of the United States. Of course they're going to give you that opportunity. He can then walk out of the uh, courthouse. Uh, and, and address the crowd. The, the actual um, arrest will be relatively benign. It's a little embarrassing. Now, they're going to do something to him I know he hates, because he and I have talked about this. After they take his fingerprints and after they take his mugshot, they're going to weigh him. <laughs> oh, my God. He doesn't want that, no. <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> so the record will say Trump, Donald J., yeah. uh, the date, the height and the weight. Oh, I know he doesn't want this, but this is what they're going to 
<laughs> Funny, he doesn't want that. You're right. He, he is uh, he, he is very prideful in that respect, uh, the former president with his hair and his tan and all that. Uh, and you're right. And I said it for days. I said it to Dershowitz. He, he only hopes uh, that these people do this. And I'll tell you what else is happening now. Very anecdotal. But I talk to people who don't like Trump. And because this has gone so badly for Alvin Bragg, they're starting to think maybe the rest of these potential indictments, Georgia, Mar-a-Lago, the only one that poses an issue is January 6th because there are so many Republicans, forget about Democrats, so many Republicans that have set their hair on fire and gone crazy over this relatively, relatively nonviolent day outside of Ashley Babbitt. But the other three... Georgia, Mar-a-Lago, and this one, even Democrats are questioning now. Well, Mar-a-Lago is the one that the DOJ is focusing on. And the DOJ did the unthinkable this week. Actually, it'll happen uh, tomorrow. Dragging not one of Trump's former lawyers, but one of his current lawyers before the grand jury. Now, this is unheard of. You know, you're a lawyer. A guy comes into your office and says, Uh, I robbed a bank. What are my defenses? Okay, that conversation is privileged. But if it comes in and says, I plan to rob a bank. What are my defenses? That conversation is not privileged. And the lawyer can be compelled to testify about it. So the feds persuaded a federal judge in D.C. that Trump used his lawyers to, to hide documents and to dupe the feds into thinking that he didn't have any documents. So I don't know if this is true. Or this, this hearing about what Trump said and how the documents were moved occurred in secret. But a federal judge presided over the hearing and ruled that the lawyers were involved in duping the feds because Trump duped his own lawyers. Bottom line, his current chief lawyer in, DC, in, in Florida will be testifying against him before a federal grand jury in Washington, D.C. tomorrow, almost unheard of. In fact, it is unheard of uh, in the modern uh, era. Wow. Watch that these. Is something for him to be, in, yeah. in my view, uh, very concerned about. I got I to gotta weigh in, if I can, yeah. on uh, Ukraine, because I am 110% with you, oh, good. with Governor DeSantis, and with President Trump. This is not a fight we want to get involved in. Let me tell you how Joe Biden is duping us into this. That Congress gave Joe Biden a blank check for $113 billion with a B dollar. Spend it however you want in Ukraine. He spent $58 billion of it already. $12 billion in cash. Cash. Who in their right mind would give cash to the Ukrainian government? Right? And, and, and by the way, when, when George says that, for you folks that maybe not all that informed, he says that because it may be the most corrupt country in the world, and I've got no confidence even Zelensky uh, at the very top of that list. So, yes, how do you give 12 million cash to a country more corrupt than ours? 12 billion with a B, correct. When, when Senator Rand Paul in the Senate and Congressman Thomas Massey in the House moved to have American inspectors general on the ground in Ukraine to certify where the cash was going to, those motions weren't even voted on. Republicans and Democrats went thumbs down and didn't even allow those motions to be voted on. So there's no inspector general. Once the money is wired to the Ukrainian government account, the U.S. has no knowledge of where it goes. But let me tell you what's even more insidious and part of Joe Biden's plan to get reelected. 
when we sent American military equipment over there, we sent equipment so sophisticated that only Americans can operate it. So do we have troops on the ground? We have American military men and women on the ground out of uniform, out of uniform. So Joe Biden can tell the the public that he doesn't have troops on the ground because they're out of uniform operating American military equipment. They target the Russians on their computer. The, The equipment itself is in Ukraine. The American troops are in Ukraine. They then call their colleagues in Poland and they pull the trigger. Wow. So are American boys shooting at Russian boys? Yes. Has the Congress authorized this? No. Did Joe Biden and and Jake Sullivan and Anthony Blinken concoct this? Yes. Why? Because Joe Biden wants to run for reelection like his hero FDR as a wartime president. That's right. And, and And the American public love it. They think he's doing great. Rachel Maddow's crying on TV. Even Republicans and conservatives, some of these guys are like, no, he's doing the right thing. And you just said it. I've been saying it. I say it a little differently. I curse a lot and I get crazy. But uh, this guy wants to keep this going as long as possible. He's not giving them F-16s. He's not giving them the stuff that can end this war in a day and a half. Because like you said, the longer this goes on, the more Americans go, huh. Look at this, Biden. He really cares. He's going to stop this madman, Putin. And it's all nonsense. I've been saying it. Thank God you just said it. It is not. It is not. Listen, if if I could be in Peter Ducey's shoes, my my friend and former colleague who's the Fox White House correspondent, when Joe comes down to the press room, I'd say, Mr. President, what is your goal? What is your military goal in Ukraine? Is it to remove the Russians from Crimea? Impossible. Is it to remove Vladimir Putin from office? That would be a war crime. What is your goal? He can't state what his goal is. There is no legitimate, valid, moral, legal, militarily achievable goal to American forces in Ukraine other than Joe Biden doesn't care about human lives. He cares more about getting reelected. There it is. Uh, thank you. That's an excellent job uh, right there, Judge Napolitano. You know, Keep... who disagrees? you know who disagrees with me on this? He's going to be on with you in 40 minutes. No, I know. Bill, Bill O'Reilly. I, I just heard his morning message, and he's going on and on about Putin, and I've heard enough about Putin. He, yeah, first Bill of all, is, yeah, Putin was supposed to Putin was supposed wants us to fight, oh, wants us to fight in, in Taiwan where we can't even get our troops there yeah. uh, through a, 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 a Chinese a naval blockade. It's right. crazy. Crazy. I mean, Putin was supposed to win this war in three days. Thirteen months later, this is still going on. So stop with the Putin is, is going to take over the whole world. This guy couldn't win a war if he, if he knew where the enemy was going to be. And if he had the best weaponry, three days has turned into 13 months. And I got to hear every day, including O'Reilly, about Putin this morning. Give me a break. Uh, your column... Judge Napolitano, what happens when the firemen are the arsonists? Tell me about that. Well, the column makes the argument that the reason we have high inflation is because the Federal Reserve keeps printing money because the Democrats and the Republicans, there are many Republicans behind this, including Kevin McCarthy, keep spending more money than we take in. When the Fed creates money out of thin air and loans it to the government and the government spends it, that is more cash in the in the system chasing the same amount of goods and services this is economics 101 said this causes prices to go up the federal reserve and overspending is the reason we have 
inflation. So what is the Fed doing to cool down inflation? Raising interest uh, to borrow money. And what does that do? Puts the banks out of business because businesses want to take their money out of the bank to make business expenses because it's too expensive to borrow. Bottom line, the Fed has caused this mess. The Fed has started this fire. Now the Fed is trying to put the fire out, Mm. and it's going to continue to get worse, and you're going to see more bank failures, all because the Congress keeps spending more money than it takes in. You know, we, uh, we, we talk all the time about Joe Biden, what a horrendous job he's doing outside of Mayor Adams. He loves him. Uh, and Mayorkas, the job at the border. But listening to you speak just now, Judge Napolitano, you would think that people like Jeremy Powell and Janet Yellen, they would be called to the carpet more because, yes, this administration has basically caused this. This Fed has caused this. I don't feel like Powell and Yellen and those people get nearly the amount of grief that they probably should. They decided to bail out the depositors uh, at uh, Silicon Valley Bank, not the investors, but the depositors. Where did the money come from to bail them out? It didn't come from tax dollars. It came from the Federal Reserve creating money out of thin air. So the Fed added a couple zeros to Chase Manhattan's account at the Fed and said, now give, go give a few billion to uh, uh, Silicon Valley Bank so we can pay the investor, we can pay the depositors. How does the government decide who to bail out and who to leave on the vine? It goes where the votes are. Right. It doesn't bail out people that need to be bailed out. It bails out people that it wants to bail out. The right. government shouldn't be in the business of bailing out. All it's doing is spreading the risk to the rest of us. Interesting that they're ready, willing, and able to bail out the Ukrainian people, but have no go. interest no interest in bailing out American bankers. <laughs> people like you tell, and me. Uh, oh, tell O'Reilly, I, I just spoke with him the other day. He's a wonderful guy. Tell him I challenge him on this Ukraine nonsense. You know what I may do next week is actually have you and him on together. And have you two guys duke it out. That would be great radio. Both brilliant, both, and both tremendous guys. I'm with you on this one, but I'd love to hear the two of you guys go at it. Maybe we'll do that next week. Either way, this was great today. Thank you. I'm game. All right. See what I can do. There he is, folks. Judge Andrew Napolitano. He's terrific. Every Thursday, 740, right here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. And he talked about it. The great Bill O'Reilly about to come your way at 840 before Bo Deedle, Mike Marino, and Peter Gordio in the 9 o'clock hour. That was a great discussion. Way to go, Judge. We'll come back with our number three right after this. In friends in the morning, 77 WABC.
Tribute to the Cars continues celebrating Rico Kasich's birthday today. He was the lead singer here of the Cars. He's been dead a couple of years now. Actually, we're going to pay a bigger tribute to Rico Kasich today than Paulina, his supermodel ex-wife, who he left out of his will when he died. They hated each other, I guess. I don't know. But uh, this is uh, one of their great songs, Drive. And you've got some info, Lou, on the video, don't you? You know, he's not singing this song. He doesn't do this one, right? No, it's Benjamin Orr. Benjamin Orr, who also sang one of my favorite songs ever. It was called Stay the Night. Oh, that's you right. You should play that next. Uh, okay. Great 80s hit. Okay. Yeah. It's not his birthday, though. Oh, I know. Yeah. He's dead, obviously, too. Benjamin Orr's dead, too. Is the whole band dead? I think he died of AIDS-related uh, oh my causes, God. I believe. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I think one other guy might be dead. I have to look it up. I don't know. Yeah. I think one of the guitarists. I'm not sure. They were a great band. Yeah. So, get, so you know who was in the video? Um, not the, uh, not Tony Catane that was, um, that was, uh, the other band. Don't, I don't know, no. Don't stray too far. You had it before. You were... Paulina? Yes. Oh, that's where he met her, right? think. I think so, right. Yes. She came and did this video, and then he started banging her, <laughs> and he said, hey, let's get married. Yeah. And she said, okay, you're ugly, but you got a lot of money. I like your music. Right, and people like you. You're popular yeah. and you're smart. He's like one of the ugliest rock and roll stars ever. I mean. He looks like the tallest insect that you've ever <laughs> Yeah. yeah. You're this, it's mostly about a girl that Rick Ocasek met at a party. Yeah. And then he insisted he offer her a ride home oh, well, as yeah. she was you know. about to leave with a guy who'd been drinking. Well, I don't think this is the true story, but. So the guy was drinking too much. And and he... drank, yeah. Then yeah. They, so she went with the other guy, had a serious accident on the way home. Oh, my God. She ended up being in a wheelchair. Well, that didn't happen to Paulina. I, I don't think. No, no, no. That's, that's Who was the supermodel that was in the tree, literally, when they had that. Uh, that big storm, that, uh, what they call that, not a typhoon. Oh, a tsunami. Tsunami. Yeah, that, oh, yeah. It wasn't was Paulina, terrible. but it was no, another, no, no, no. It was another yeah. aged supermodel. Yeah, she ended up, right, she was hanging She survived, she was in life. a tree. Yeah. Look that up for me, will you? I, yeah, yeah. I, know, I was working at WFAN at the time, doing the midday show with Joe Meningo, having lunch across the street in Astoria, talking about tomorrow Greek Independence Day here. Uh, we were in Astoria at the Kaufman Astoria Studios, and I was having lunch across the street, and that was the headline of the New York Post, this model. Who was that? Petra Nemkova. Yes, Petra, yeah. Yeah, she survived, thank God. Yeah, another beautiful yep. woman, right? All right, well, today the biggest story, though, is still uh, Donald Trump. No arrest, no indictment. The grand jury is set to, uh, I guess, convene, reconvene today, and they're going to talk about all this stuff. I don't know. Before I get to the Takapina stuff from last night, though, I do want to play this. I mentioned this at uh, 6.30, and that is that uh, I'm not a big podcast guy. In fact, I don't think I've ever in my whole life, and if God is good to me, I'll be 56 in April. I don't think ever in my whole life have I ever put a podcast on. Have you, Lou, ever? No. no. Actually, Friends told me I should, and other people. Oh, me too. Why don't you? You should do that. It'll be funny. It'll be. I said, well, uh, first thing is I need a job. No, I don't even mean you doing podcasts. I mean listening. Like, have you ever been? Oh, have you ever been? uh, You know, uh, interested? I I don't have time. So, but I hear some of the stuff because we play it here. So, for example, Joe Rogan has a big time podcast. He makes a lot more money than I do, which really bothers me. Really, anytime anybody in this business makes more money than me outside of Howard, I get annoyed, but nothing I can do about it. Um, he makes a lot more money than me, has a lot more listeners. 
and he has zero talent. Zero. He's basically a, a forbidden, a nasty guy, Joe Rogan. He um, sits around and does nothing, and talks about nothing, and all you morons listen. So we play it, and I go, why? Same thing with Adam Carolla. Years ago, Jay Moore, Mark Marin. I don't get it. So uh, I don't like listening to podcasts, and I don't like doing podcasts. Because for me, if you're a big-time radio star, you don't do a podcast. You don't do it. And we have people who do a podcast at the station. They just repeat what they said on their show that day. Why why do that? You're already on radio. This is the big deal. This This is the big, this is the Yankees. Podcast, Kansas City Royals, Radio Yankees. They repeat it. It's either doing something authentic or different or innovative. They just repeat it. Oh, that's great. <laughs> because people can't listen to four hours. We cut it down to 10 minutes, blah, blah, blah. Not a fan of listening and or doing it. But when my little boy Gaby, Gabriel, my beautiful angel son, and I discussed the possibility of doing a podcast together, well, I couldn't wait to do it. My son, who has defied all odds, being diagnosed with dyspraxia as a baby, and the jerk-off doctor saying, quote, he'll never hit 300 or lead the league in scoring. I'm going to take my son to the basketball court, and he hits every shot. Not that I care that much about it. I really don't. I couldn't care if he never played sports his whole life. It wouldn't bother me at all. He's a wonderful little boy, wonderful. But to see him prove that doctor wrong makes me really happy. And now he loves the sport, basketball. Big Knicks fan, loves the Knicks, loves him. So... We discussed doing a podcast together, and now I love it. So yesterday, we did our first podcast together, Daddy and Son, Gabriel and Sydney. And I have two cuts. Let's, uh, let's play this one first. This is uh, Gabe talking about how he got into basketball. This would be uh, cut number 16, Lewis. Good afternoon, son. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm pretty good. You excited? Very excited. Yeah. I never thought years ago that we'd be doing a NBA podcast together. No, I was I wasn't as interested in sports as I am now. Not even close. You know, it's funny. Last year, you and I went to a couple of NBA games together. Doctor Mark Siegel from Fox News gave us Knicks and Sixers, Knicks and Pacers. Corey Zelnick always gives us good tickets. In fact, your first Nick game, I think, at the Garden was Dwayne Wade's last game for the Heat here in New York. And I noticed when you went to these games, you kind of got into it. Was that kind of the beginning of your introduction to liking the NBA? I would say so. Those games, like it, like the energy, the atmosphere in the garden is just yeah. unmatched. And I just sit down there and I look at all the players and I hear the crowd go wild every single time the Knicks score. And I'm just like, how can you not like this? Pretty cool, right? Yes. Your mom seems to think that, at least initially, that he thought it would be a good idea to like these things because daddy likes it and it would be a good way for you and I to, to bond. I don't know. No. No, no, no. No, you don't care it's, not, it's not because you like it. It's because I like it. Ah, has nothing to do with me. <laughs> There's a lot of things you like that I don't like. Oh, really? <laughs> Give me one. No, don't do that. That's yeah. a great job yeah. out of Gabe right there. And here, uh, Phil, this is for you. We go on to discuss everything, Phil, from Carl Anthony Towns' return to Minnesota to Morant's return to Memphis last night to the Knicks to the Celtics to the Bucks to the 76ers. Here we're talking about the Western Conference. Morant returned to Memphis last night. They're the two-seed right now behind the Denver Nuggets. And Denver has a certain basketball player that Macedonia Phil loves. He loves him. 
and he came up in conversation with me and Gabriel yesterday, and it sounded on our podcast like this. I think Memphis is a little bit better than Denver. Like, oh, you do? You think Memphis is better? <laughs> Listen, I'm not a I'm not a big Jokic fan, so what? You better hope that Macedonia Phil doesn't hear this. I, Macedonia Phil thinks he's like the best center ever. No, like better than no, Ewing and Elijah. No, yes, no, yes. no, not even close. No, that's terrible. No. So then, in this big <laughs> MVP race, for example, between Giannis, Milwaukee Bucks, Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers, and the aforementioned Jokic. You wouldn't give the edge to Jokic. I would not. No. No. Who would be your MVP right now? Joel Embiid. Over Giannis? Yes. That's my boy, Gabriel Rosenberg, right there from way downtown. As Marv Albert would say, yes. Well, Mike Breen would say, bang. Gabriel Rosenberg, well done. Oh, Jokic wants to talk it over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bill is not happy. I'm not sure who I'm more proud of these days. My son, Gabe, and of course, he's my blood, so he probably wins. But him or my, my friend of 43 years, Joseph Takapina, I told you this last hour. Takapina called me one early morning. You were here, Lou, 5 a.m. Said, I'm on the way to the airport. Go, what are you, where, where are you going? I'm going to see President Trump. Now, you have to understand, Takapina was not a big Trump guy years ago. With me and Bernie, he was anything but. And now he gets the call to defend him. And he goes, I'm on my way. What do you think? I said, what do I think? This is, this, is the, this is the big one for you. This is huge. And as I mentioned earlier, he's got in the past, he's represented folks like Alex Rodriguez and Meek Mill and Leonardo DiCaprio and Foxy Brown and Joran Vandersloot. He's got a list of famous folks and infamous like Joran. But this is, this is President Trump. I said, Tack, this is a whole new galaxy. Little did I know when I told him that. It would be this big. He's on every night. Mark Levin, Sean Hannity. He's on liberal networks, Aaron Burnett, CNN, MSNBC, Ari Melber, that jerk. He's everywhere. And now he's back with Hannity twice in a week. He was on with Sean last night talking about Donald Trump and about this latest grand jury postponement. Once again, they're probably going to reconvene today. And look, he's not out of the woods. They still may indict and or arrest this president, and nobody wants that to happen outside of Alvin Bragg more than President Trump. That's the beauty of this. Alvin Bragg thinks he's going to win. No, President Trump wants it because he knows that the American people know that this is a sham and nonsense. And you put the former president, like him or not, in handcuffs, and now you're crossing the line. So as much as Alvin Bragg wants to do this, President Trump, he won't say this necessarily, he welcomes it. But here is Takapina and uh, Sean Hannity, courtesy of Fox News, cut number three. You know, Joe, let me start with this, because this is important. When's the last time you've heard from the DA? Susan Nicholas, my, my yeah. co-counsel, spoke to a week ago or so. I mean, they don't keep us up to date on all this stuff or, or in the loop, if you will. Now, it's pretty unusual for a grand jury proceeding to be canceled like it was today. Sure. I mean, we're speculating. But it's pretty rare. It does happen occasionally. Mm. It may be rescheduled tomorrow. We don't know. Um, do you know who the last witness is? No. Again, this, the grand jury proceeding is the DA's proceeding. It's not a, a joint proceeding. It's something that they use as a mechanism to bring a charge. Um, mm. It's a formality for the most part. Um, but, but we don't know what's going on. But I can tell you there appears to be chaos in that office right now, as there should be. Mm-hmm. Because the Manhattan District Attorney's Office was once the pinnacle of prosecutor's office in this country. Um, you know, now it's it's something that's being used as a political tool, 
And, and when I see the justice system and a prosecutor's office being used to weaponize um, the justice system against an individual, it makes me sick to my stomach. As a former prosecutor, I could never have imagined this. So I knew Sunday night, even before, and no one you can attach to this, you can too, Lou, even before Bob Costello went before the grand jury, I told you guys that there was not going to be an indictment or an arrest. Everybody's giving Bob Costello credit. Fine, I could do that too, great. But I told you the night before. Did I not? Guys, yes, no? You did. I you did. did, thank you. Yes. So Costello, though, speaks, uh, don't sound so aggravated, okay? No, you you uh, better be <laughs> proud of your son, too, by the way, than more than Joe. I mean, I caught, what, are you, what are you trying to... What? I'm proud of both guys. You could uh, proud differently. But, yes, you know, proud babe, of both guys. Yes, yes. Right. I got to correct myself quickly before and get back to it. Benjamin Orr died of pancreatic cancer. Okay, thank Okay, you that's that. it. I was All wrong. Right. I don't know where that's I got okay. that That's okay, that's okay. So Costello do, does go on to tell the grand jury... That they left out Michael Cohen, this filthy liar, this felon, left out about 300 emails. 300. Talked about six, the grand jury. Left out 300. And again, he's a convicted felon. You want to talk about somebody that you can't trust? How about Michael Cohen? Takapina, Sean Hannity, cut number four. Alan Dershowitz went as far as to say, case closed, that the... DA cannot use Michael Cohen as a witness because he would be contradicted by Costello. Costello and now a big firm called uh, McDermott, Will and Emery, yeah. uh, one of the most prestigious firms in this country. It's a second firm. This corroborates Bob Costello, who has no need for corroboration. He's a very reputable lawyer um, without an axe to grind here, and he's not a convicted liar, as, as Michael Cohen is. This letter here is, is so devastating to their case because it is them representing to a federal agency, the FEC, the Federal Election Commission, that this was done without any thought of the campaign. Of course it wasn't. Look, I've said this before, Sean. Anything that they're saying, assuming it was 100 percent truthful, OK, Cohen and Bragg and all that, it still does not make out a crime because there's no campaign finance law violation here at all. All right, there you have it. Joe Takapina and Sean Hannity come back. We are going to talk to the great Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. That's always a great conversation. My main man, Bo Needle, live in studio coming up at 905. And comedian Mike Marino with my acting friend Peter Gordio also live in studio at 925. We'll take a very, very quick break. Here he is, formerly of the cars, Benjamin Orr. Stay the night. WABC.
So 25 years ago today, on this day, March the 23rd of 1998, 25 years ago today, the movie Titanic won a record 11 Academy Awards. And I love that movie. So do my kids, Ava and Gabe. 11, James Cameron, you know the whole crew, DiCaprio. What was uh, the young lady who played the female? Kate Winslet. That's right, Kate Winslet. Yes, good job, Lou. 11 Academy Awards, and this is that singer who can't move now. She's like uh, stuck. What's her name again, the Canadian lady? <laughs> Celine Dion. Yeah, she's stuck. <laughs> Noam, good morning. How are you, Good pal? morning. Bill O'Reilly's coming up next. Here's Noam. Yeah. <laughs> that was touching. <laughs> really Whatever. Touching. I, uh, am I wrong? I mean, I, I forgot the name of the medical. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Shut up, Lou. God. You know, uh, <laughs> no. Sydney, I, th- I think you're going to be outraged by this. I'm, I'm outraged by this as well. This is a case you probably would not remember for any reason. In uh, 1989, Brian Britton, he was 16 at the time, he shot and killed his father, Dennis, his mother, Marlene, his brother, Jason, shot them all dead. He thought he had shot his sister, Sherry, dead, but she survived. This was in Poughkeepsie, March 22nd, 1989. So he went to jail like he should have. And he was given 33 years to life in prison for the crimes of killing basically his entire family. He thought he had killed his sister, Sherry, too. But thank God she survived. So now fast forward to 2018, and he's up for parole. This creep is up for parole. How's that possible in the first place? Please don't tell me. I don't know what you're going to say here, but please don't tell me his sister, who survived this, was the one who helped him get out. Please don't tell me that. No. Okay, good. So Sherry, in 2018, started this online petition to make sure he was staying behind bars. Oh, good. And in the petition, she said, I fear for my life and that for my children if he's released. He's a cold-blooded murderer. He killed his own family. So now fast forward to this year. He goes before the parole board again at the Otisville Correctional Facility. This is um, back uh, about two or three weeks ago. And they grant him... The chance to get out of jail. Come on. He will be freed from jail oh, come on. on April 10th. Why? On April 10th, he's going to be let go. Did they Did they say he's been an upstanding? Yeah. Well, yeah. you know, they always say that. So the, the, board, the board members met on March 6th, the parole board, and they said that he's going to finish up his what they call community preparation, and they think that'll be done on April 10th, and then he'll walk out oh, of God. this correctional facility Jeez. back to a life. And this poor woman, I reached out to her, but, you know, she's never done an interview, and so I'm not surprised I did not hear back from her. She doesn't want to talk about what happened. What is her name again? Uh, Sherry Britton. Sherry Britton. Yeah, Sherry Britton Schaefer. She was, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, so um, the board members say they base their decisions on these uh, standards that the parole board has to go by. Mm. And so that's how they came up. They take all these things into fact, factors into consideration about how he's been behind jail. And I guess... He's been what you call a model prisoner, but he killed this. his entire yeah, family. I don't want to hear about this. And he thought he had killed his sister, so she wouldn't yeah. have been able to even tell the story of what happened to the family. And now this jerk is going to walk out of jail April 10th. And I, I, I'm trying anything I can in my mind yeah. to try to stop this. I reached out to the Duchess County DA yesterday. I said, is there a way to get in, in the way of this? Is there a way? There's no way. There's no way. Basically, basically that's the I mean, Andrew Cuomo, low life. He uh, allowed all these cop killers to get out, too. You know that. That guy, Bell, who shot that poor cop 
right in his scrotum yeah. when he was begging for his life. There's no way the, these liberal judges and these uh, these prisons and these people are, are horrible. I mean, just horrible. Jennifer Harrison checks in. You know, she runs that public advocate group. She started out on Long Island. Right. Her boyfriend was murdered years ago. She says we need to find out if Tana Agostini was a commissioner on that decision. And this does out. go back to Cuomo's parole board appointing uh, appointing married to convicted murderer. So a lot of these problems date back to that governor, Andrew Cuomo. It wasn't just about getting $5 million for a book when he killed people and all those other things he did. He really a bad guy. Really a bad guy. But uh, that's a horrible story. Yeah, now this woman, this yeah. poor woman, she's 50 years, 52 years old. Yeah. She's uh, gone her whole life without her family. And now mm. she's got to worry about the fact that her brother, who murdered the rest of their oh, family, on. is going to walk the streets come April 10th. That's out, it's an outrage. It really is. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Noam. That's a very important and serious report. So whether it's laughs, entertaining, relevance, Noam Layden does a great job every day. In friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Anywhere I've got no great song, Jim Blossom's Hey Jealousy at 843. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC or his own great website, BillOReilly.com. Nobody does it better. Nobody. Come on. He's the smartest. He's the all-time most successful cable news guy ever. His interviews, his columns, his TV work is exceptional. His killing series. I mean, come on, man. Every book he writes is great. Killing the Witches will be his latest one. And to say I missed Bill O'Reilly last week would be like saying my wife, Danielle, is attractive. Both the understatement of the year. Here he is, the great Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. How did you ever pull that off with Danielle? I'm still, that, that is one of the mysteries of the universe. You know, every time I see her, I go, how did did that happen? Well, let me tell you something. I've been with her for 32 years, and every time I see her, I I ask myself how that happened. Yeah, there must be some (laughs) hypnosis involved or or something. She loves you, too. Thank you for the kind words. And uh, she's listening right now on her way to work, big-time lawyer. And she's happy you're back, too, Bill. So thank you for that. And look, the only thing anybody wants to talk about today Is Donald Trump, the grand jury, about to uh, reconvene, decide what they're going to do? We know what they want to do. We know what Alvin Bragg wants to do. But the question is, what will they do? Bill O'Reilly, your thoughts on this Donald Trump saga? Well, it's uh, officially now in the fiasco category. Um, Because there isn't, as far as I can see, any other evidence beside Michael Cohen that this was a crime. So what people have to understand is this. Millions and millions of businesses and individuals in America have paid people not to accuse them of certain things. Because in our country... Any accusation of a 
famous or powerful person is a conviction. Who knows we better have, than you, by the way? Who knows right. better than you? Right. We don't have any due process anymore. We don't have any fairness anymore. So once anything gets out to the media, it's a conviction. So therefore, there's an industry here, and the industry is run by lawyers on both sides. The, the lawyers, and this is despicable, but they tell clients, just throw anything you want against the wall. Because once you file a lawsuit, I, the lawyer, am not held accountable. I can't be held accountable. I'm indemnified. So just tell me anything you want, and we'll throw it out there, and then probably you'll get a settlement. That's what happened in the Stormy Daniels thing. Now, I don't know what Trump did or did not do. I, I mean, it's impossible. Nobody knows. But people have to understand that. That kind of, they call it hush money, is not a crime. It's not. It's a protection. So the civil justice system, and you'd have to put, you'd have to incarcerate 25 million people <laughs> if that were a crime. That's where you start, okay? Now, we have the worst district attorney in the history of New York in office. In the 15 months he's been there, almost 100 assistant DAs have quit. Is that right? Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Okay. They don't have enough personnel to prosecute felonies in New York City. And they've kept that very, very quiet. So the stat that everybody knows is that more than 50% of felony arrests in New York City are downgraded to misdemeanors by Alvin Bragg. If they even get that far, Bragg throws a lot of them out. If a police officer, by the way, has his tie crooked, brings in somebody found with a gun, if there's anything, if he, if he has grammar that's incorrect in his written report, it's thrown out. Do you know that? I did, and it does beg the question, because Hochul now has been talking about bail reform, I'll hold up the budget all of a sudden as if she cares about crime. And we know, of course, that she can't just remove Alvin Bragg, but she's the only person that can eventually have him removed, and yet she does nothing. Is it because... Well, she could fire Bragg, just like the uh, Missouri Attorney General fired the St. Louis DA. Now, it would go through the courts, but right. she could fire him. Right, you could, uh, same thing happened in San Francisco. Right, same thing, hap same thing happened in San Francisco. So why doesn't she do it? Is it because he's black? What's no, the issue? It's because that's the progressive machine. She would be turning against her own machine. So, and, and, and maybe I'm wrong here. I, I, I don't want to be unfair, but I don't think Kathy Hochul gives a wit about anybody in New York City. Agreed. I don't think she cares. I agree. Certainly not Donald, right. certainly I mean, not Donald not, Trump. Certainly not Donald Trump. I don't know the woman, but <laughs> yeah. based upon her performance, I, I, she doesn't care if if bodies are falling down uh, the stairs. I mean, it's it's there's always an excuse. But let's get back to Bragg. So so Bragg now, in his own office, he's got a lot of his assistant DAs telling him, you can't win this case because he can't. This is an impossible case for Alvin Bragg to win if the grand jury indicts Donald Trump.
The reason is the statute of limitations on both. So what Trump is alleged to have done is a misdemeanor in New York. That is using corporate money to uh, hush somebody up. That's a two-year beef. It's already been looked at by Cy Vance, Bragg's predecessor, and Vance didn't prosecute. Okay, And it's been looked at in the campaign finance area by the federal government. And they refused to indict or even bring any kind of an investigation. So this is all brag. He stands alone. And his own people are saying, you're not going to get this into a courtroom. Because as soon as you file, the Trump lawyers will appeal on statute of limitations. And you can't get around that. So you may have noticed that the Trump lawyers released last night a letter that said from Michael Cohen's own lawyer that said Cohen paid this woman on his own. I have the letter. Trump sent it to me. All right. It's in the New York Post today, I believe. And if you look at the date of the letter, it's beyond the statute of limitations. Okay, so the crime was way beyond it. So this will be thrown out, has to be thrown out. Yeah, yeah, has to be. And the media is already moving on. They're already now moving on to To the classification thing, which is another fiasco. And nothing will come of it, by the way. Um, they're, they're the media. I even hate to use that word. The pack of wolves. That's much better. They're, they're just jazzed because a judge ruled that Trump's lawyer has to go in and tell the feds what he knows. Okay, now I don't know what he knows. The pack of wolves don't know what he knows. He'll probably go in and say, hey, my client didn't do anything. All right. He didn't know what was in Ma-a-Lago. I can you imagine Trump in his jeans uh, in a basement of Ma-a-Lago on a little stool going through this stuff? Oh, come on. You're right. It's just absurd. Yeah, yeah. It's like Biden. You think Biden had any blanket idea? No. What was in the box? He didn't even know the box was there. All right. I mean, these guys That's not what they do. And why would Donald Trump, who is a calculated guy to the nth degree, everything he does is calculated. And I'm not saying that in a negative way. I'm saying this is the way he lives his life. Why would he take a classified document, lie about it, try to hide it? For what reason? None. Zero. There's no motive No, it's ridiculous. this This is like, but... The pack of wolves, all right, they are desperate to get him. And then when they don't get him, it's going to be like Russian collusion. They just ignore it. Yeah. Well, Russian collusion, Ukraine collusion, that phone call, the impeachment, all the things they've tried to do. And it's like it never happened. No. But Bragg himself, not going to survive this because he now has put himself in a position where if this goes south, and it will – it's all on him. He can't blame anybody else. I mean, I've ne- I know that this man is way o- in over his head running this DA's office. Do you realize that every single New York City police officer and about 40,000 of them now, probably less because so many are quitting, they hate him. Yep. Yep. I know that. Well, let me ask you this. You said he's not going to survive this. 
And we just talked about Kathy Hochul being the person that can fire him, but she doesn't. So how does he not survive it if she doesn't fire him? Well, he might not lose his job, but there's no credibility. Gotcha. Any, and he's right. not going to have – right. You know, right. when he goes into uh, Fresco by Scotto for lunch, <laughs> yeah. they're going to say, hey, you know, we really don't have a table. <laughs> I'm sorry. Sid's got it. Sid's got your table. <laughs> you know, this is New York. Yep. yep. You know, and, yep. and you got to have some yep. level of acceptance. Yep. Who's accepting him? Nobody. And uh, that's a great uh, example because Rosanna Scotto happens to be a dear friend, and I do love her restaurant, and I would get that table over Alvin Bragg any day of the week. Uh, but, but what's funny is, and you know this, uh, this is exactly what Trump wants. He's getting it. He is destroying. He's not winning. He's destroying Ron DeSantis in all these polls, which I know you joke about, that come out every week. But it must be working because now, in this interview with Piers Morgan, Ron DeSantis has decided it's time to fire back. That can't be coincidence that Trump is having all this poll success, and here comes the tough Ron DeSantis. Well, I had dinner with uh, Donald Trump last Tuesday, not two days ago, but Tuesday week. Down in Uh, Florida, right? Yeah, I was down in Mar-a-Lago, and uh, he was kind enough to invite me and pick up the tab, so why wouldn't I go? Nice. (laughs) I told him I wasn't wearing a tie, but I did wear a jacket. (laughs) And, and the food is great at Malago, by yeah. the way. Um, but that was before all this broke. And and I have explained to you and everybody else before, when I'm invited anywhere by a former president, it doesn't matter who the man is, that person sets the agenda. I don't go in and go, hey, what about Stormy Daniels? <laughs> you know, no. that, that would be inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. Whatever he wants to talk about, then I talk about it. Okay, and some of it was on the record, some of it was off the record. But when I was there, uh, he looked pretty good. He was relaxed and all of that. But I don't think he wants this. Now he's playing the chess game. He stayed ahead of it. He said, I'm going to be arrested on Tuesday. He wasn't arrested. That caused hysteria. He got a million and a half dollars in donations, which really isn't that much, though. I mean, people go, oh, a million and a half. That's not that much. Short term, he pops in the polls. He forced DeSantis into a mistake. And the mistake was that when asked about the situation, DeSantis used the words porn star. Okay, that was a mistake by the governor because that uh, Trump thought that was disrespectful. And then Trump launched at him. DeSantis has to realize one thing. If he wants to be president of the United States, MAGA voters are going to have to support him. And he can't get down in the mud. And if he does, he's not going to be president of the United States because Trump supporters will remember that. Hmm. That was a big mistake on the part of the governor. What does he do then moving forward? Because Trump is going to continue to hammer him. I mean, above it makes a joke out of it, hires a good uh, comedy writer. (laughs) And I'm being I'm not being facetious here, as Joe, as Joe Biden would say. Not being facetious. (laughs) I'd hire a really good comedy writer. And every time that Trump attacked me, I'd have two, three funny lines just to throw out there. I would float above it. Mm. Well, you're right. I mean, A, it's better for Ron, and B, you can't beat Trump at that. I mean, it's it's not even that you're above it or better. Believe me, Trump has been practicing being throwing mud since he's three years old. (laughs) I mean, 
that's, that's 75 years. Okay, you're not going to beat him doing that. Uh, it's like Muhammad Ali. I yeah. mean, in his prime, <laughs> the guy's just too quick, too good. He's got too much in his arsenal. By the way, the former chief of police, a friend of mine and yours, Joe Esposito, contends, and I quote: "Donald Trump's mom's meatloaf." Is the absolute best. Can you uh, confirm or deny that? I I mean, I never had it because I'm not that old. Um, (laughs) But if you read The United States of Trump, the book that I wrote on him, um, that just takes you from his birth to up right now and and shows you, you know, what his dynamic was with his mother, with his father. The father was the big one. Fred, yeah. Um, And then how he did what he did. And it's accurately reported, never been challenged. It's not a cupcake book. I mean, uh, it's good and bad. Um, when I say bad, it means I don't shy away from things he has done yep. that have hurt the country. Yep. And, you know, I think he helped the country as president. I think he did a good job compared to what we have now. It's not even the same universe. <laughs> yeah. But he has hurt the country by lack of discipline. Yeah. I, I loved it when he was running. And uh, that's what I mean. I've always loved you. You've been my hero. But I thought when he was running, what you did on those on those nights was just because he would listen to you. You'd be critical. You were critical when you had to be critical. And he would listen. He would do the same exact thing the next day. But at least you had the balls and the guts to tell him. And uh, that was just great. And the book is great, and you're great. And thank you again. Thank God you're back. We'll do it again next week, Bill O'Reilly. I love you, pal. Thanks, Ed. All right, pal. Take care. Bill O'Reilly right here every Thursday at 840. Lots more to do, including Bo Dita Live in Studio coming up next. Is sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. Hey, Joe, what's up? Why are you bringing the crew to the sit down? Because I don't trust none of you. F- Chin Giganti put a hit out on me. Something he couldn't have done without your f- approval. What the f- are you talking about? I bring in all the dope. Make millions for you greedy bastards. Got rid of Bumpy f- Johnson. This is how you repay me. Get the. F- Sanction taken off my head. Hey, tough guy. Maybe you should have thought twice before you f- Jim's daughter. What? We got a couple of associates in cell block C in Sing Sing. Said Chin went a little berserk. I can't say I blame him for trying to take you out. With all due respect, Joe. Joe, look at me when I'm f-ing talking. With all due respect, don't you think it would have been smarter if you kept it in your f-ing pants? Listen to me, good. I never f-ing touched his daughter. Whether you did or you didn't, it's not our business. But that can explain what the f- is going on. Joseph, we have rules. But a father's a father. Single bar sanctions another bar should be pets of Levantes do not. This commission is bull. You mother are useless.
Rolling Stones. What a great scene, folks. If you haven't seen that show yet, it's called The Godfather of Harlem. That was a great scene. And my buddy here, Bo Deedle, who has done a bunch of tremendous acting, Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, Goodfellas, other TV shows like Gravesend. He plays Tommy Lucchese in that scene. And the makeup is great. And his acting is great. And the kid that plays uh, Joe, Michael Raymond James, was amazing. And it works in two ways. First of all, it's just a really good scene. I hope you folks enjoyed that. But it does bring us, and also kind of like uh, Trump and Stormy, whether you did or you didn't, we don't care. But um, it brings us to the Curtis Sliwa situation. Curtis has been suspended on this program since last week. I decided to suspend Curtis on Saturday. I made the call to Bo Deedle, and uh, I decided to suspend him indefinitely. And uh, now I am considering bringing him back to the program tomorrow. But much like uh, that show where he had to face the commission, Michael Raymond James, <laughs> we've got our own commission. It's a commission of five, which works out well, because if you get three out of five, you win the majority. So here's the good news for Curtis. Me and Peter King say we want to bring him back. So right now, you've got three people left. <laughs> Lou, Phil, and Bo. All he needs is one more vote if he gets it. He's back on tomorrow. So let's go to Macedonia, Phil. Phil, do I reinstate Curtis tomorrow, yes or no? I'm sticking with the three- to five-year sentence here. Five years? Three to five minutes. Three to five. That is a very hearty no from Phil. Lou Rafino, you can end it right here. The suspension can be over. Do I reinstate Curtis, yes or no? The gentleman from Queens has issued... A no. No. Wow. Wow. No. So Lou and Phil both say no. So now, just like the TV show, Tommy Lucchese, the commission, in real life, Bo Deedle, it comes down to his vote. Whether to reinstate, it'll be 640 tomorrow because John Katzmatidis is on at 705 to kick off Greek Independence Day. Bo Deedle's vote right now will tell us whether or not Curtis Sliwa returns to New York's favorite talk show. Here he is, the great Bo Deedle. Bo? Well, yesterday, I came in for my podcast about Natalie Holloway. I did my podcast, and everyone should listen to Bo Deedle's true crime story. But then I was confronted by the man with the red bonnet in the hallway, looking as dirty as he always looked. And we had a little discussion, and he talked to me, and I said, I'm a man with a big heart. And sometimes people go a little off but we always give them a chance. I say one condition. We will, I will give him a chance. Huh? One condition. Huh? If he opens his mouth in the wrong direction, then he's banned for life. So the commission stands. We'll bring him back. One condition. He don't say one bad thing about my friends, you know where, or any of my friends anywhere, because we will give you the opportunity, Curtis. You step on your joint. You'll be out of here. Oh, so there it is. It is official. Bo Deedle, you heard it right there. Curtis Sleeve will make his much-anticipated return to Sid and Friends in the morning, which I will tell you, that's all Curtis wants. He couldn't give a rat's ass about his weekend shows, his 12 to 1. All he wants to be on is a top-rated show. That's my show. So because of Bo Deedle, because of the kind heart of Bo Deedle, who Curtis Lee was screwed, by the way, because of Bo's kind heart, he's back tomorrow. You got a big heart, buddy. We go, we go way back. When he got whacked, when he got shot, they missed his yeah. head. But when he got shot, <laughs> he missed his head. I actually, you can ask him. I put up a $10,000 reward for True. him. He should never forget that. Yeah. And you know what? 
You never take sides against the family. Never. That's what you get. No. He's got to learn. If he's going to be part of your family, Sid, because you're the godfather here. Right now, you're the godfather. You never take sides against the family. He's got to understand that. <laughs> he's such a good actor. Okay, so, he's like still time and location. By the way, they arrested the wrong guy. They arrested uh, one of Gotti's guys for that shooting. It turns out the truth is it was Ron Cooley. But uh, no one's figured yeah, that Ron out Yeah, Ron Cooley was seen running away with his long hair. He tripped over. Okay. Now, Friday night. We're talking about the Godfather Hall. It's one of the great series on TV, and it, you know, and a lot of people that understand these are all uh, fiction accounts. So I don't want anyone to be offended from anybody who's mentioned but in that real show. People. They're real people. Oh, they're real people that were around. But it's it's a series that's entertainment. The same as the Godfather. Same as the Soprano. Look at the Godfather. Profaci oil. You know. But I don't want to offend anybody because I happen to know families of people that were in that. And I apologize if anyone's offended. But it's not meant to be offended. It's entertainment. Well, you know, it's funny that you just said that. Yeah, I got a lot of emails. And maybe you got him too. Yeah. I got emails from relatives of the Testa family when they had the screening for Gemini Lounge, which yeah. you're great and you're great. My first movie, we had that screening about a month ago. Some people emailed me and they went, you know, it's not really right that you guys use the real name of my cousin of my uncle in well, the this film, is all and, public. They, have, and this, they have no right to talk about it. This is all public information, and, uh, you know, that's yeah. the way it is. That's how they make these things. You know, tomorrow night, Friday night at the 92nd Street Y, we're going to have Forrest Whitaker and uh, Chris uh, uh, Chris Brancato and, our, and, our, uh, and all the producers and actors up there at the 92nd Street Y, and we're going to have a little series of... Questions and answers. Well, they're and, all in Godfather of Harlem, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got uh, my friend Ray is going to be up there, and everybody's going to be there. So basically, it's off and running. Now, remember my podcast, because we're talking about podcasts. True crime, both true crime. We talk about Natalie Holloway with John Q. Kelly. We talked last week about OJ. This is really, if you like mysteries and stories, Listen to the true car. Well, let me tell you, here's why it's different, though. Yeah. If you were doing a a daily radio show like me. Yeah. And you were talking this morning for 30 minutes about Natalie Holloway. Yeah. I don't need a podcast. You don't have that. So your way to deliver that to the public is through a podcast. Right. That makes your podcast authentic, interesting, great. That's why you should have a podcast. Well, thank but you. for me to repeat what I said on the radio show two hours later on a podcast I, is silly. I, I did I did love the interaction with you and your son. Oh, and I you. I mean and thank I love your son. And you know you. what? You should be very proud of him. That thank is your son is gonna be something very special. Very special. And because he, he looks up to you yeah. and he he separates the craziness from the reality. He does. And he sees how people react and how people love you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thank enough you. sucking your ding yeah. dong on that <laughs> yeah. one. Okay. So Natalie Holloway was yeah. the girl who was killed in a room. Well, she never, we never found her body. No, she was killed that by Urine Van Der Sloot. Urine Van Der Sloot. That's the one that I served. At the airport, and then I knocked the producer from uh, from ABC. One of Chris Como's guys pushed me. I knocked him on his backside, and Chris Como calls me up. He goes, "My producer, he's he's scared. You're not going to beat him up." I said, "If he puts his hands on me, again, I'll break his jaw." You could do one thing. So now, basically, I had a detective on the plane when he left uh, when he left uh, uh, New Amsterdam. He flew on a plane right. for the interview. Well, he for killed her allegedly in Aruba. 
yeah, then he went he to answer went back, them. He escaped. Right. Yeah. So what they were going to do this big interview. We found, I sent the detective to Amsterdam on the plane. I said, when he lands in Kennedy, serve him on the plane. And then I want to make sure that we knew he was served. So I said, I went there. I got a guy videotaped me. He walks out about two hours later because he was in customs. He's got his coat over his head. He's six foot five, six foot six. He looked like Doc Vader. So I come up to him. This little producer comes over me, pushing me. I knock him on his backside. And next thing I serve him, I said, why don't you put your big hands around my throat like you did to that little girl? And I was cursing you said out. that? Yeah, oh, yeah. And then I, I followed him out to the car. I wanted him to, to react to me and swing at me so I could bow at yeah. him. And the punk just got in the car and ran away like the little punk. So then Chris Coma calls up. And he says, Bo, you know, my producer's so scared of you. I said, tell him, listen, I'm not going to do nothing, but don't put your hands on people. You <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was the end By of the way, that. you know who defended you on Vanderslip? Yeah, well, you know, but he well, he yeah. didn't do too good in that one. I love Joe, but you know, <laughs> no, something... he did do good in that one. He wasn't, he wasn't uh, guilty in that one. Right, until he, he killed the girl later, the, the girl in Venezuela. Right, yeah. and Takapina was off the case by that point, <laughs> so Takapina got him off the Listen, murder. All I know is one thing: yeah. I love Joe Takapina. He's probably the greatest defense. If I got locked up tomorrow, Joe Takapina is who I go to. End of story. You know, 100%. John Q. Kelly's a different type guy. He takes on intricate cases as far as with personal injury and all that kind of stuff. Well, he's a defense attorney, John Q. Kelly, but yeah. he was a prosecutor too, right? Yes, like Joe. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, let's get into some meat. Now, I listened to Judge Napolitano this morning, and Judge Napolitano's a really good guy and all that stuff. But basically, what he said was so true. Why wouldn't there be any checks and balances on all these billions of dollars going to Ukraine? Now, here we go. I support Ukraine in the sense that we have to help. Okay, but here's my problem. What is going on? We're just throwing money. There's no checks and balances. What family? What family's involved with Ukraine totally? It's the Biden family. Correct. With the Biden LLC, I will guarantee you. The big guy is making a percentage of those monies going over there. Why wouldn't we have checks and balance with all the money we're sending over there? What uh, is the problem? I've been saying that for months. Biden's compromised. Even if he's not making money now, his family made a ton of money in the past. So he has no interest in, in not being nice to Zelensky and the Ukrainians. There is so much corruption going on here, including us, including us. This whole thing is so ugly it makes no sense. Corruption costs us all money. People are trying to get their paychecks. I got security guards that can't make it, and they're making minimum wages because they don't want to pay for anything. Right now, you've got so much waste and so much corruption. Whenever you get a deal... Bill D. Hey, LaGuardia Airport first came out, oh, $3 billion. That mother came up there, $10 billion. All the corruption. <laughs> no one's counting who's working. It's all corruption. 30%. There's no checks and balances. There's no inspector general. Know where it is. The money going to Ukraine. There's no inspector general. We're wasting our money. And people can't even buy food. How about taking some of that money and give it to the people that are working every day, trying to make ends meet, pay the electric bill, the heating bill, the food. Where are we going? Now, now, here's where we're going with this. And I understand. Remember the Godfather? Yeah. When Tom Hayden went to, uh, 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 to what's his name there, the guy, the producer there. Oh, and all, uh, yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden, here's, here's what it was. It was, he's talking to uh, Tom Hayden, and the next thing he goes, Tom Hayden says, well, the Godfather is semi-retired. Anything you got to say, you're going to say to Michael. Now, here's what I'm going to say, and you're going to hear it on your show. Speaking of the Godfather, your friend Trump 
is really the godfather. Oh, yeah. Because his policies and what he did were the greatest that this country has ever saw. And I'll be the first one. Forget about his narcissist values and all that. But in America, we got to bring us back. Here's my idea. My idea is like DeSantis should say, listen to me. The Godfather semi-retired. You got something to say? Say to me. Let DeSantis run as president and run Trump as the vice president. Bring the policies back. Bring America back. They cannot be beat then. And you know what that will be? That will be for a narcissist to step back that he loves this country so much. He's willing to step aside and let the new blood go in there. And we can win with him because they're not going to be the hatreds there. That's what I'm saying on your show today. Think about what I'm saying. If you love America, and Trump is what, 78 years old, I love Donald Trump, okay. But listen, we got to get somebody elected to change the course of this country. Economy, how weak we are around the world. These Chinese people are licking their chopsticks, taking over everything. And I tell every corporation, if you're doing business in China, stop. And remember, I bought my own wok. I will not eat Chinese food anymore. I own rats. Point is, Listen, it's never going to happen. You've got a better chance of having Trump run as president and DeSantis as the uh, VP. Well, you want to know something? That ain't going to happen. Trump's a, winning right now, by uh, the way. Yeah, yeah. Winning. Winning, winning with all the, the Kool-Aid drinking Trumpsters, which right. I understand. Yeah. But I got to win the general election. Just imagine this moron getting reelected. Just imagine. Uh, Trump has every bit of a chance to win a GE as Ron DeSantis okay. does. Right. If Trump's going to kill DeSantis in the primary, he deserves to represent the Republican Party, and he will win. And he I'll will vote win. for him, but you want to know something? Yeah. We have to have someone that is electable. He is. Okay. We'll get off that one. Let's get yeah. the Snaggletooth, our oh, governor. Kathy Hochul, your oh, friend. The crime statistics came out there. The crimes are up 27%. Everything's up 30%. Everything. And now she's sitting there. Oh, please, Mr. Mr. Uh, Assembly key, uh, Keeper Speaker, Miss Senate Speaker, can you please look at bail reform? And then all of a sudden they go, well, we don't have the statistics to show that crime is up. You two fools up there. And right now, you know what Snaggletooth Hulkle is? She's just a puppet. Yeah. Why don't you show some clunities and... Start making public statements about them. You're all afraid. And every bit of these teachers' unions, 1199, 32BJ, <laughs> all of them control them up there. They give them all their money. Why can't we get bail reform? What is the reason people are dying? Minorities are dying across this city. Yeah. When are we going to wake up? When you become a victim, maybe he has to see, or the other one, the woman there, the other one, the Senate. Maybe if their families well, become victims, they'll look at this differently. Because right now, people are in fear. Yeah. And when you're in fear, you got to do something about it. And everybody's sitting back. All we're doing, give some more money to these illegal immigrants. Give some more cell phone food. I don't like this food. I want to have a color TV. I want this. You want this? I got people working 40 hours a week. Can't make ends meet. And we're giving money to these illegal immigrants. I got a problem with that, Sid. A real problem. I do, too. But uh, all you talked about there was Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, by the way, somebody said to me this week, why isn't your radio show on TV? I go, you're right. They go, you're funny. You can look. I go, you got to see Bo. As great as he is on the air, if you can watch him perform, it's even better. But my point to you is 
you're calling out Kathy Hochul about the immigrants and the money. Yeah. You, you need to call out our friend, too. Okay. The one mayor, more, Eric one Adams. More thing. Mayor we Eric just, Adams. We just arrested all these gangbangers. 87 with guns and all that. Yeah. You know what's going to happen with them? What? They'll go. Get, they'll get prosecuted with these brag and all these DAs, <laughs> yeah. these, uh, uh, these liberal DAs, these progressives. And they'll be right out on the street. Why don't we use the federal law to do it? And when I'm on that, we got to use the federal law. We put them away 10 to 15 years. Eric, I've been yelling. Listen to me. Also, one more thing. I'm tired of stepping in dog poop all on the upbeat side. Urination. You bring that oh. into your house. I'm not with these dogs. Put diapers on a freaking dog. Put a diaper on <laughs> and clean up your mess. I couldn't agree more. Bo Deedle, everybody. That's why he's on twice a week, 740 every Tuesday morning on the phone. 905 live in studio every Thursday morning. Another incredible appearance by, I believe, the most important and best New Yorker we've got. My friend Bo Deedle. We'll come back for sitting friends in the morning with the Rolling Stones right at the day. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. That was fun. Bo Deedle, the very top of his game. Been a great show today. Judge Napolitano was great. Bo Deedle was fantastic. Bill O'Reilly, great too. You know, I've never met this uh, comedian, Mike Marino. People really like him. They love him, in fact. But I have met his friend who's sitting. Right in front of me, really looking great. Black shirt, black hanky, green jacket, and that is a very handsome and, and just beautiful person, too. He's a great guy. Actor Peter Gordio, who uh, is in Gravesend with us. And Gravesend will be out, uh, hopefully, before my, my son becomes my age. I don't know. I, I don't know. Willie DeMeo told me and Bo Dito last week, maybe July 4th. I don't know. But it's been like three years. But it's coming at some point. And uh, you play, not Rocco. Rocco yes, I play Rocco. Oh, you are Rocco, right? character Rocco. Yes. And um, you're great in that show. Thank you. And you did a, a Bronx Tale, too, didn't you? Yes, I did. Is that, was that your first uh, acting opportunity? Yes, it was. Chaz Palminteri? Yes. Yeah. And um, what did you do recently? At the, what's your most recent work? Um, I'm going to be working next month in April. I'm going to be working with uh, Lenny Thomas on The Beggar Man. Oh, cool. And Lenny Thomas is from Ruthless. It's a Tyler Perry production. Oh, sure. Yes. yes. I've seen yeah. Ruthless, of course. Yeah. So and you, Peter Green is also in the project. Peter Green. Yeah. So you got some good stuff going on. Yes, Good. All right. And you're friendly with Mike Marino? Yes, I know Mike a long time. He's a tremendous talent. Yeah. You know, and I'm honored. He asked me if I wanted to host the show tomorrow night that we're having at the comic strip. So you're going to be on stage with Mike? Yes, I am. Are you actually telling jokes? Yes, I am. I'm going to introduce the acts, and I'm also have a, you know, I have a nice routine set out for myself. No kidding. I've been doing theater for 25 years. Theater, yes, but comedy's different. No, I've tackled it before, and, you know. Yeah, I've tackled it before, and I can handle a crowd. So you write your own material? Yes, I do. No kidding. And is it uh, about actors? Is it about... It's about acting. No politics, right? No, no politics at all. You You know, and it's about my personal life, you know, my, my interracial relationship with my daughter's mom who comes yeah. from Jamaica. Well, you got a biracial crazy life. Yeah. I mean, you, you, uh, you had a biracial wife. Like I've got. My beautiful wife, Danielle, is biracial, too. That's why I But I was never looking. married. I was right. never married right. to her. And then you right. were banging a porn star for a couple of years. I was and... with Amber Lynn for four years. God, look at you. Look how cute you are. A porn Wearing that star. badge of honor, right? Yeah, but unlike Donald Trump, <laughs> you admit it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't pay 150000 whatever the number was. <laughs> and you were probably with Stormy Daniels, too. Who knows? No, I wasn't with Stormy Daniels. Uh, it was a wild time. You don't yeah. even remember, do you? Yeah. <laughs> to be with Stormy Daniels, you got to drink Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> ah. 
All right, well, then why don't you do the introduction here this morning? You're going to do it on stage tomorrow night anyway. He's on the phone. Well, right first now. of all, I want to congratulate you on your success, oh, you know, and sitting friends in the morning. The thank numbers you. are outrageous. Thank you. And to be in the Bernard McGurk studio, it's an honor for me. Because cool. I remember when I would come in here last year and I just had yeah. a great time with the he two loved of you. you too. Yeah, yeah, Bernie was great. Yeah, right. we had those uh, Fitness Fridays days. Right? Right. I want to bring those Fridays. back for the summer because oh, that would make, be great. Get people in good shape. With Especially spring forward. Right, exactly. People have to remove their coats. Right. And they start wearing shorts. Well, you and you nobody wants to see the cellulite when they walk down Fifth Avenue. Well, you have a gorgeous body. Well, thank you, Mr. Rose. And you're like what, sixty-one? I'm sixty-two. Sixty-two. Right. For now, years, I said you were older than you were. You were so offended. Now, now I'm eligible <laughs> for Social Security. Right. All right. Well, you look great. Thank you. Pal. Do your thing here with Mike Marino. Yeah, right? Mike is going to call in. He's on he the phone right now. Okay, great. You, introduce him right now. Good morning, Mike. Hey, man. How you doing? Good, pal. How are you? Just, ex- just explain to the viewers, because you were supposed to be here in studio, what happened this morning with the traffic. I got in my car in New Jersey at 6 o'clock trying to be on time for 925, and I'm listening to the show, and they said there was traffic on Route 3 going in and out of the tunnel. Yeah. And then I was in traffic, and I, I didn't know what to do. I had to turn around. I tried to get on a bus. I tried to get on a train. <laughs> it just was, was not working for me this morning. Sorry about that. Hello, Sid. How how you doing? And good morning. Thanks uh, for great. It, it's great to have you making your uh, first visit to the program. Everybody loves Mike Marino. He'll be at the comic strip tomorrow. Now, you're not blaming my traffic guy, Joe Nolan, for this. So maybe you are. I don't know. Are you? <laughs> no, I'm not blaming him. I'm thanking him for telling oh. me that that was what traffic yeah. was, that back yeah. all the way into Jersey. Yeah. It would have been more fun if you actually blamed him, but okay, fine. <laughs> he screwed up my whole morning. I don't blame him. <laughs> I never liked that guy. So uh, tomorrow night, the comic strip, Mike Marino. When I put your name on social media, everybody's like, oh, my God, I love Mike. I love Mike. I haven't seen your act yet. I admit it. I'm not happy about that. I want to. So uh, for folks that haven't seen you before, what is the Mike Marino act mostly about? I've been doing stand-up now for about 30 years. Wow. I have blonde hair and blue eyes and both my parents are from Italy so I started my act talking about that not all Italians have that dark hair dark eyed look right well, 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 so clearly it. clearly your mom took a trip to Germany which your dad doesn't know about <laughs> <laughs> either that or my father went to Ireland I don't know <laughs> oh, God. all right so that's a good way to start right there right yeah and then I grew up just uh talking about my family uh the real life being italian growing up sunday dinners at two o'clock every every week and uh macaronis and pastas and then when i took it around the country people really started to adhere to it and about 15 years ago i was doing the uso comedy tour out in afghanistan wow and that's when i dropped this joke that if we had an italian president running the country we never would have sent the army to find Osama bin Laden, two Italians from Jersey, be back in 24 hours. And millions of people went all over the Internet started following me. So when Trump started to say, make America great again, I said, make America Italian again, and I went through the roof. <laughs> wow. See, I like that. I, I, now, there are Italian people. Well, for example, uh, my friend Joe Tacopino, Bo Dito's friend, too. And uh, he doesn't like that type of stuff. He never once watched The Sopranos because he felt like right. it unfairly labeled Italians the way you just did, quite frankly, Mike. And uh, he gets mad. But, but he's in the minority, right? Most people think that's – I think it's hilarious. I love it. It's basically, if you can't take a joke, then don't come to the show. What are we supposed to do? Yeah. Funny is funny, and there's yeah. nothing you can do about it. So you it's basically, just you, you just basically bitch slapped Joe Tacopino right in his face, didn't you? You did, didn't you? You're a big boy, by the way, Joe. Kick your ass. Tell him to come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> now, he'd love you. Um, make 
America Italian again, which I must tell you has been a big deal over the years, Mike, because my dear friend Chaz Palminteri for years has been trying to save Columbus Day because you know they want to rip down all Columbus's statues. They want to stop the yep. parade. They want to stop the day, give it to indigenous people. I'm 100% against that. I'm with you. So when you say make it America Italian again, that's a real thing, Mike, these days. Well, yes, and we should have some fun with it. And everybody should do their history because not only am I just a stand-up comedian, but I'm one of the presidents of, of the guys who originated the Feast of San Gennaro in Los Angeles, which was never done. Wow. So if you do a little bit of history, you'll see the Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla presents the Feast of San Gennaro starting Mike Marino. And that's what we were doing for a long time. And then when they had uh, the, the fight about getting rid of the Columbus Day Parade, making it Indigenous Day, then they got rid of the feast, they got rid of the parade, and they got rid of everything. And now they get nothing. So it makes no sense. No, it makes no sense at all. Thank God for people like our dear friend Angelo Vivolo here in New York, who also works very hard to keep that day alive. So you are a, uh, a proud Italian. That's uh, part of your whole stick. Are you married to an Italian lady? No, I've never been married. I have no kids. But if you want to come and see the, tr- the show tomorrow night, we'll see if we can't find some nice girls. <laughs> yeah. Well, you don't want to marry an Italian lady. You want to ma- I, And I say this to Italian ladies, too. If you're an Italian lady, the last thing you want to do is marry an Italian guy. Because, quite frankly, you're horrible husbands. You, uh, you're bullies. you got big mouths. You expect them to, you know, I'm with you on Saturday. i got my gumada on Friday. All Italian <laughs> girls should marry Jewish guys because we're pussies. Bottom line. We'll do whatever you want. You can kick us. Kick us in the face. We don't care. We take the beating. So the last thing for the Italian ladies, just you know this, Mike, they should never marry an Italian guys. They are the worst husbands. The worst. <laughs> Peter's laughing, you know. We don't even have a word for gumada in the Jewish religion, trust me. So I don't even know what that means. Uh, do you want to get married? Or are you at the point where you're kind of getting old for that? No, I think that time in my life has come and gone. I'm happy what I'm doing right now. I'm one of the top-rated comedians in the country, and I get awesome. to travel the world. Right now, I want to just keep doing what I'm doing. I want to be around guys like Pete. I want to be around guys like you. I want to make the uh-huh. world happy. And we'll uh, bring some uh, laughter to the world. Ah, that's so, uh, I got to tell you, very likable, Mike. I mean, really likable. So for folks, again, that uh, want to check you out tomorrow night, you and the great Peter Gordio, how do they buy tickets? What's all the information they need to know? Everything is at MikeMarino.net. All my social media is at MikeMarinoLive. And if they come to the comic strip tomorrow night, they could just show up, get tickets at the door, or you can get them on the internet, or you can get them on my website. Everything is at Mike Marino Live. And uh, where's the comic strip again? What street? No, Peter told me. Where's it again? Well, just off the top of my head, it's uptown. I don't 15, have it in 1568 my Second Avenue. Oh, there you go. 1568 Second Avenue. Thank you, Peter. 1568 Second Avenue. Your chance to meet and see two really terrific, talented, funny, great guys, Mike Marino and Peter Gordio. Coming up tomorrow night. Uh, gentlemen, both of you, I love you both. Thank you very much. Michael, get him tomorrow night. And Peter, you're my brother. I love you. So thank you. Sid, thank you so much for the time. You're welcome. Mike, thank you, buddy. Thank you. All right. Mike Marino and Peter Gordio. Boy. Now it's time for Sid's Take. Sid's Take. Sid's Take, yeah. Good luck. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right. Thursday morning, Friday Eve, 
edition of the Peerless Spoilers Sits Take Trivia Game, sponsored once again by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They are America's best built boilers. I am Justin Alec, your host for this fine trivia game. Our uh, contestant today, Mark out in Yonkers. Marky, what's going on, bud? Good morning, Justin. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good, man. You excited uh, for Friday? Well, absolutely. Getting ready for the weekend and uh, happy to be on the show. All right, man. Well, uh, let's dive right into it here. You've got uh, your theme for the day, three for Thursday. All right, I'll give you three hints and you tell me what I'm thinking of. All right? Okay. All right, here we go. Number one, Firestone, Hancock, and Michelin. I think you're talking about tires. Yeah, I am. (laughs) Number two. Shohei Otani, Marcus Stroman, Robinson Cano. Well, I'm going to say baseball players or second baseman. World class, uh, world baseball classic MVPs would be the correct answer there. Oh, okay. On to number three: Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Jim Morrison. Well, they're all musicians that died young. Oh, how young? Oh. Uh, before they're 30? Mm. No. We were looking for members of the 27 Club. Musicians who have died. Uh, okay. Yeah, musicians who have died at the age of 27. Oh, so close. So close. Well, on a technicality, now they were before they were 30. They did die before they were 30. Yes, on a technicality, so, you are correct there, Mark. But and, uh, and, the, uh, and on a technicality, the other three fellows were baseball players. You, well, well, you got that right. Right. You're right about that. <laughs> but we don't. Uh, we don't. Uh, unfortunately, but, we don't judge on technicalities here. The way it is, it's. <laughs> Indeed. That's that way. Indeed. All right, let's see how the other fella does. Here we go. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. On to number four here. Dick Morris, Larry Kudlow, Rudy, Rudy Giuliani. All members of Donald Trump's uh, legal team? Yeah. Or, or financial team, I should say, or his team? Yeah, we can give it to him. Spectacular! That's about right. Yeah, yeah, the exact much. Yeah, the exact answer for WABC host who worked for Donald Trump. He got it. He got it. Okay. So uh, what do we got? Yeah, we got uh, two for four here. On to number five. Okie doke. Desanctimonious Meatball Tiny D. These are all new nicknames that President Donald Trump has given to Ron DeSantis. Very good. Very good, Mark. Three for five. It's a good showing out of you there, Mark. And uh, you know, by your ju- by your judgment, you had a perfect day. Yeah, yep. we're giving it a hell of an effort here. All right, we'll keep you on hold here. You'll get a chance to listen here to the big guy. Let's get the other fella in. Yeah, well, the other fella. That was that was good. Fella, how do you do? He did well. He did three for five, and right. he said uh, he said, "Let's see how the other fella does." Feller. Yeah. Yeah. So you're the other fella. I'm the only feller. Thank you. Right. right. Your, your show. Let's it's go. Right. Yeah. This case you haven't heard. Three for Thursday. Three hints. You tell me what I'm talking about, okay? This chair is. You like that chair. You like that chair. comfortable on my back and my ass. No, my you, arms like, are, uh, you like My it. arms are too big. It'll be so. good for your sciatica. Yeah, terrible sciatica. Mm-hmm. Right. Too short to box with God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number one here. Firestone. Hankook. Michelin. Tires. There we go. <laughs> what was the second one? Hankook. 
Uh, that's how they say I, I, it. I was, I was leaning towards hibachi restaurants, I swear to God. <laughs> no, you weren't. Or yeah, Chinese bakeries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you like a Hancock, uh, Mr. Rosenberg? <laughs> yeah. On the uh, number, on the number two. Shohei Otani, Marcus Stroman, Robinson Cano. Oh, my God. You're not going to get this one. Otani? Yeah. Stroman. Who was the third one? Cano. Cano. You're not going to get it. People who came up in the Blue Jays organization. No. No idea. World Baseball Classic MVPs. Now he's going to go. Now you're angry. Three, Why? two. Now you're Why? angry. Why, stupid? Why? Now, now you're no angry. No one don't watch one second of it. The world doesn't care. <laughs> no one cares. Well, now you know why he did it. Why, no, why did Otani get it? Because he struck out Mike Trout. Where were Mike Trout's war numbers there, tough guy? Well, he hit like 500, but yeah. Oh, he did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't know that. You know why? Because yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. I know in Japan they're very happy this morning, but last sure, I checked, sure. I don't live in Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. It's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Danielle loved it. You was there two weeks ago. Go How ahead. do you think your Mets are going to do this year? Uh, Shut after up. The, after the, the seventh inning. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, we'll see. Under number three, Kurt Cobain, Amy Winehouse, Jim Morrison. You know, there's a lot of answers to this. Mm-hmm. I know you're looking for one specific answer, but this is, again, where you get yourself into trouble. You got yourself into trouble again, Paul. Right, way to go. These, no, are, no, all, I, these I, are all rock and roll stars who died at the age of 27. I think it's pretty but, clear, though. But Janis Joplin was also 27. Yeah, there's more to it. Well, that's also more you, tire brands and more uh, world, cla- right, world baseball classic yeah, MVPs. Yeah, you have to try to figure out a way to make it. Because if I would have said rock and roll stars, you couldn't have said no. Right. You could have said no. Sure right. So you have to figure out a way to make sure there's only three answers, mm. or else you leave yourself open to 19 correct answers. And, so. then, th- and then this. And right. then, and then well, this. I think this one was pretty clear. Like, you right. got... There's nothing clear about it. Nothing clear no. about it at all. There's like 10 other people who were 27 that died. No, it doesn't matter that there's more. They have to be indigenous to that answer. That's what you're asking. It's not the only three. There's... Right. It doesn't matter if there's like thousands of it matters. Of them. No, it, it, but you're... That's why when I played the ties at Bind... With Scott, and I said, again, same example, Dallas Green, Joe Torrey, Casey Stengel, and Yogi Berra. Those are the only four men who managed both the Mets and the Yankees. Right, That's it's, it. But it's well, still it, true that these three are members of the 27 sure, but what if I said, well, if what if I said they're rock and roll stars? That that is a better argument. Well, that's right. my argument. There's no. a million well, correct did, answers. If we did things that are no, only a, trios, you ha- you, you, you it, to, we would run out after like the blind mice uh, and the musketeers. No, so what else need, is there? You need to figure out stuff where there's one answer for those three. Otherwise, if I say three rock and roll stars, you can't say wrong. You can't. Nothing to do with 27. Three rock and roll stars. Sid, you're right. Mm-hmm. You got to figure out what makes the, those three answers the only answer, the only one. Right. right? It still doesn't matter that there's more, though. Right. Well, it does matter because then, okay. then saying you're rock and roll stars is still a correct answer. Right. That's still a correct answer. But that doesn't mean if there are only you have three more. that died at 27, then then you win. Well, for three. the tires, I could have. What about Bridgestone? What about uh, Continental? You know, I didn't even think about that. There's right. a thousand that's, tire bases. Right, that's my point. But you got it. Right, that's my point. So you're right in one. A- you're right, right in one aspect. You're right in one of the aspects. But then the inverse. Okay. So the next time that happens, I say rock and roll stars. You got to give me. We got to give you. Yeah, we got to give you. That's. That's right. that's no good. Or can't just do that. Or can't do it, Phil. Yeah. Stop What's it. next? God. Conversations <laughs> <laughs> are so I mean, you might, I mean, or just I go mean, back to Thursday, Thursday, and save us all no, five, I, five minutes. I do like this game. Yeah. You just got to find out the three that. Uh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm three. Right. right. Are you ready? Are you ready for number four? <laughs> I am. Yeah. Dick Morris, oh, Larry God. Kudlow, and Rudy Giuliani. 
Dick Morris? Larry Kudlow. Here he goes again. Rudy I guarantee Giuliani. You. I guarantee these are three people who are on weekends on WABC. No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> oh, they're not. Wait, wait a second. They're not? Uh, well, they are. Larry well, Kudlow's on Saturday, Giuliani's on Sunday, and Dick is on Sunday. Okay. Spectacular. Thank you. But what were you, what were you trying to say? What? What distinguishes those well, three? Well, they're the only three WABC hosts who work for Trump. Yep. Uh, that's great. That's true, too. That's right. what you're saying. You're right. right. So, Those again, you got... Right. So, th- this is a good example for you. Thank that you. Yes. you work. Thank that's you. Yeah. There you right. go. Right. It doesn't matter if there's eight more people right. who right. work for Trump. It doesn't work in this game. That's and, not yes. the thing. Right. 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 You got it now. Uh, what's your name, Phil? <laughs> Phil. Hello. Turn your brain on, Phil. <laughs> that's pretty good, though. Three WABC guys that work for Trump. Yeah. Right. Isn't that's that cool? a good It's a that's good very question. good. That's cool. Yeah. Are you ready for number five? <laughs> Not really. Are we going to finally wrap Andrew this up? Andrew Giuliani oh starts his show on Sunday. He also worked for Trump. And he will also be a WABC weekend host. But not yet. Not yet, right. Are you ready for number five? Because <laughs> yes. if I don't get out of here soon, I'm, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need an aspirin. Okay. Yeah, I know that. Sanctimonious, Meatball, and Tiny D. I haven't heard Tiny D. I, didn't, I haven't heard Tiny D either. Did you make that up? No, he said it once. It didn't really stick, but okay, it, well, it should stick. Because those are the only, only... Three nicknames for Ron DeSantis. Very so good. Yeah, boy. You call him Dishonest, which was stupid. I don't yeah, like that one. Stupid, yeah. yeah, that one's stupid. He's a bad hombre, too, <laughs> I gotta say. I like Tiny D. That, that Tiny Tiny D should have stuck. He should have kept that one. Yeah, that was good. the most effective by far. Yeah, really well, tried well Tiny done, D. Macedonia Pill, a nice game. Justin Ellick, nice game. Lewis, <laughs> we'll come back and wrap things up. It's been a great Thursday show. I didn't. It's Sid's Take, sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. Great Cars song right here. Once again, happy birthday to the late Great Cars lead singer Rick Ocasek. You know, I actually miss the music on the weekends. And we drive around a lot, me, Danielle, and Gabe, and play some good music. But I miss hanging out with Lou and playing good music on the show. Great show today. All the guests were terrific. Mike Marino, Peter Gordio, Bo Deedle, Bill O'Reilly, and, of course, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Curtis Lee was back tomorrow. The suspension has been lifted. The commission voted 3-2, to two, although Amy Epstein, one of my favorite listeners, said no. But he'll be back tomorrow. Teddy Atlas and a bunch of uh, Joseph Takapina and a bunch of guests celebrating Greek Independence Day, including John Katsimatidis, Tony Orlando, and Ernie Anastas. So big show coming up tomorrow. We are done for today for the whole crew, the commission. Lou Rafino, Macedonia, Phil, Justin Ellick, Noam Layden, and me, Sid Rosenberg. Have yourselves a good Thursday, a safe Thursday in New York City. Till tomorrow at 6. From all of us to all of you. Peace. Life's better with American Family Insurance. 
Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.